0: Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you say hello.
1: Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource to remind you that it is the most wonderful time of the world. You know you can you can bring out the Andy Williams all you want, but sweeping North Dakota. Always yeah. the most wonderful time of the year. I'm Weldy. Sitting with Andrew, we're gonna talk all things college hockey, all things Husky hockey, and uh, what better way to start out the podcast than uh, just talking about the absolute uh, shellacking that St. Cloud uh, put on North Dakota. Oh, this is going to be a fun show. Like, I am hyped. Deep. This is going to be yeah. exciting because, like, my favorite thing in the world is trashing North Dakota. And this is going to be probably straight 40 minutes of just just, just all over this team. Do we want to so- just start
0: with, like, a minute's worth of wooing?
1: Woo! <laughs> woo! I, it, you know, communitively. You don't join, you're not joining me. Woos. I don't know. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm ready to woo here for, like, a minute solid. But. Uh,
1: ever everybody can hit the fifteen second back button there if you want to yeah. get up to a minute and and just uh, have Andrew on repeat. Actually, Andrew, you know what that uh clip I'll put to my phone. That'll be my text message every time that you text me. It'll be. will uh, be uh, that
0: uh, Hit up our new uh, buddy, the uh, the PA guy. I
1: mean, he he gets paid oh. to
0: to. Well, I'd. He doesn't get paid to woo, but he gets he paid I guess to set up everywhere Yeah, so maybe it's perfect. Huh? Woo! Yeah, there you go. All right, there's one more. All right.
1: <laughs> Love it. Yeah, which I mean <laughs> there was a clip of I don't know if you saw uh Jason during the during the show or during um I think it was it was on Saturday's game when they were reviewing the fourth goal um and he was in like the he was in the yeah. penalty box and they were reviewing like like he was shaking like he was he was I don't know if he was amped up or like he was like he was he was shaking. He was maybe it was a little bit of an exhale of relief or of like, yep, that's going to be a good goal. I don't know what he overheard, but I don't know, like just uh, I had a gif of it. And I uh, sent it over to go Huskies woo and I think he made some kind of comment, but it was him like, I don't know. I th- he was getting into it. He was getting into it. And you could tell, you know, I wasn't at the game, unfortunately, but you could tell like. Through the uh, atmosphere, um, I thought that he was really feeding into the audience, especially that Saturday game when um, you know we were on that comeback train. So, overall thoughts, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask it right off the bat here. I know we're a Huskies pod talking about North Dakota. Is there any hope for this North Dakota team? Yeah, I mean, I, I was my uh, kind of one of my
0: initial reactions once the game was sealed once the Saturday game, the sweep was, uh, was clinched, um, for the Huskies, you know, my, my kind of an interaction, you know, this, this North Dakota team isn't that good. So should I be that excited? Um, then I took a second and I said, hell yeah, because anytime you sweep North Dakota, I'm going to be jazzed. I don't care if they're, uh, the worst team in college hockey, um, sweeping them and, first time in 21 years sweeping them at home um that really goes beyond when the time that I started becoming a Husky fan so this is the first a first for in my fandom of uh, uh, enjoying a home sweep of mm-hmm. of these guys so yeah I don't think getting back to your question you know they, they've they've got some skilled guys um they got some dangly guys you know Gaber and James and uh, and Blake, uh, even you know, like, uh, like Clevin did a little dipsy doodle on the Saturday game. That kind of ooh. Um, so they got some of those kind of players. They don't play really well as a team. I don't think they're kind of more individual players rather than team players. But more importantly, I mean, that, so I think they can score some goals, and their 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 power play is decent enough. I think to to produce you know some some margins of victory for them going forward. But this defense is terrible and this goaltending unit is, is God
1: awful. Uh, it it's so bad. Yeah. It, it, it it It's kind of surprising that North Dakota is v- like having this much trouble in the goaltending position. And that's even yeah. dipping into the transfer portal to find someone. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, and, and Barry, I don't know what, if Barry's role prior to him being the head coach was as a def- uh, defensive coach. Cause I think he was a defenseman as a player. If and so when he did get the job, I kind of figured that would have been his MO. If if that is his sort of trademark style, being a defensive might coach, you wouldn't know it, uh, based on this last weekend. And so, yeah, this this North Dakota team, I, I I don't know. Like we said about the seventh place, where they're still stuck now, obviously from getting swept, not being able to move up any. I still think that's a reach because I think you know teams like CC and uh, aren't very good either, and and. Uh, so I'm not sure if I can go out and say that they're gonna stay at that place, but I, at this point, I'd be surprised if they're a tournament team. Um, and yeah. watching them this weekend, it was it was a little stunning just how loose they played on the back end, uh, and, and how much and how how leaky uh, that that defensive and, and the to I mean, Helston was. Terrible on Friday. I I was surprised they they waited as long as they did to pull him because I thought after the Mm -hmm. third goal when he played the puck and then that turned into disaster, that I thought would have been a prime time to pull him. (laughs) Looking back though, you weren't really doing much better with Deritter, so uh, maybe it didn't make that that much of a difference. Although I did think that Helston was noticeably worse. Um, Surprised that he got the Friday start just based on the numbers going into the year. Or going into the series, and then just the performance, you know, giving up shots to Spellacy, you know, skating into the blue <laughs> line. who was
1: like, one on three. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not somebody who you should let snipe you. And
0: just on a glove side shot, too. And like I said, the, playing the puck became a, a nightmare. Rebounds, juicy rebounds all, all night from deritter when he took, uh you know the crease as well same kind of story um huskies look very good let's let's not bury the lead here and just dog on on north dakota so much the huskies look good and
1: but and it's so fun it is
0: it, it it is fun um i i'm getting back to when you I, I think i was struggling to understand where you were coming from when you're trying to describe that western series going into the western series your uh expectation for the Huskies in that series is that you wanted them to sweep them and not, I, I, I was struggling to, to grasp what you're getting. I think I understand now though, as far as you thought that Western was a decent team, but you know, St. Cloud on home Mice being able to make a statement, you kind of wanted mm-hmm. to see the team make that kind of step. I, I would say this, this weekend fit the bill in that department. Uh, even though I think Western's probably a better team than, the north dakota is although i mean they just got swept in, in in omaha so who knows but i guess we'll figure out because western hosts north dakota this weekend yeah. um, but uh this one was one where it, you know after the route on friday i'm kind of th- get, having flashbacks to last year whereas the eight exactly. to one, yep. the eight to one win followed up by the north dakota business suits you know uh they they come back off the mat and and at 3-0 uh, early in that second period on Saturday, it it was a very disappointing sort of script that it seemed like we were following again. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then
1: not, not only that, but I got kind of flashbacks also to maybe a little bit of that Bemidji game where we looked just sluggish. Nothing was connecting. It was more of a testament to, I think, St. Cloud just not playing well versus... The, our opponent playing a lot better, in in my opinion. I like, thought they looked that, that first part, that first period of Saturday's game, and you know Reese Gaber's goal as well. Um, it, it just we just looked lethargic, in my opinion. I I thought St. Cloud looked worse in that Bemidji series. They I, I counted
0: there was during the game at the time it was three nothing. There was four golden opportunities for St. Cloud that they failed on each one of. Them. They had two breakaways. Uh yep. in the first period and maybe one of them yeah, one of them was in early in the second period, right before the third goal. I thought a possible turning point was That was, was saltquist right? saltquist was Salkist was, was in the was... second. Uh who was it in the first? Was it Cranola in the first? Yeah, it was Cranola in the first had to breakaway. Or yep. perhaps it was Miller. uh but I there was one about... Cranola had one, Miller had one too. <laughs> yeah, it's there was plenty of golden opportunities all weekend long, so uh, apologies if we screw some of the, <laughs> the timeline up here. There were so many of them. But uh, I thought a potential turning point, especially when it was 3-0, looking back at, I think it was about five or six minutes into the game, there was a play that Peart, uh orchestrated and a pass to an open shooter on the doorstep, wide open net, and they fired it wide. Figured that would have been a one nothing St. Cloud lead, still scoreless at that time. It's like still it would have been a one nothing lead, and you would have stopped any sort of you know North Dakota scoring the first goal and gaining momentum and getting that you know sec- Saturday split. And when they failed on that, and then also the two breakaways, and there was another golden opportunity uh, in that sort of first twenty five minutes of the game that St. Cloud failed on. I thought that was going to be the script, especially when when North Dakota extended the lead to three nothing on that power play goal. You know, it's the story here is failing to to convert on these opportunities, failing to pounce on a horrendous North Dakota defensive uh, team uh, unit, as well as some, some goaltenders who are ripe for the picking. And here we go. But credit to the Huskies. This is the first time this year that they have came back from a deficit larger than one goal. Um, yeah, and and at three this three goal deficit uh, to boot, but they never uh, never gave up the huge goal there. Right after Gaber scores a third goal, I think less than a minute later, you, you get that Bushy goal. Bushy the sniper, um, who, who knew <laughs> that he was going to be this uh, such a well of of offense that you were able to four to, game to pick point from. streak. Right, uh, yeah, whatever is working. Um, but that was a big one to to just. Stop the bleeding, I think, um, and and turn the momentum back to St. Cloud. And it they were from that point on, clearly the the dominant team in that in that game. Getting that later late goal in the second period to make it three to two. At that point you're thinking, okay, even though they're down a goal going into the third period, we've as we mentioned last week, North Dakota can't close the job this year. Several third period leads that they've coughed up and just the way that it was going, you could tell uh, that St. Cloud really had a chance here and you know, you, you, you give it to guys like Okabe to finish the job. I mean, was it the second goal? I think that the made it three two I think that was the play that Anhorn made the great play, the great pass uh, to Okabe that he finished it. Um, oh, Anhorn had a great game on, on Saturday, coming back from I thought well, kind of a rough game for him on Friday, Anhorn yep. I thought was very good on Saturday, and that that play really sort of I thought was the, maybe the most important goal of the game for the Huskies. And then Okabe oh, gets the next two as well, the tie the game tying goal and the and the game winner with the natural hat trick. Um, again, some good plays there. Spoiler alert. Here I thought, was the star of the weekend for me, saving the uh, uh, the play, the puck from going out of the zone, setting up him and Lukey as well. Give him some props too for oh. the primary assist to Akabi on the game tying goal, or was that the was that the go ahead goal? Um, one of the two. Again, that was the go ahead goal. Yeah, the thir- thirteen yeah, because goals they this w- weekend. They it's went hard for to a review.
1: Yeah. They went for a review. I don't know if they were reviewing for offsides. I'm sure that's review. what it was. The
0: TV guys seem oh. to think that it was goalie interference, but I would, I would have no. bet that it was the offsides. That was the only close. Yep. Call which I like to that,
1: make. you know, at that point, I like that challenge by Brad Berry because either you, you waste a time out, which you needed to take a time out there anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, that's uh, a good call here on his part. Um, Last natural hat trick for St. Cloud State since.
0: I don't know. Well, I guess. This is. I'll maybe I'll say Okabi again because I know he had that four goal game against Mankato. I'll, I'll say him. That is that
1: is correct. Yep, Okabi. Um, I went back because I looked at the media guide and I tweeted out because they had a little star next to Conrad Reader, uh, in the 05 oh. season, and I looked and I was like, oh man, that was our last one. <laughs> And and then the Huskies main page tweeted that they've had five natural hat tricks since, like, the 01 season. So I'm like, okay, well, that can't be the case then if Conrad Reader was five. So I looked back, and, yeah, the the media guide has all a bunch of errors. So I went back to the last five um, just for fun. Um, yep, uh, so ok- Okabe against Mankato. Uh, Brodzinski, Johnny Brodzinski against Colgate. Okay. Um, and then uh, Conrad Reader, uh, like I said, and then uh, Mark Hardigan in his four-goal game.
0: Reader has got to be the... That's the stumper <laughs> of the question. Like, I, I haven't thought of that name in many, many years. Many you, years. Who was who that against? Does it say who that was against?
1: Anchorage. Okay, what about
0: the Hardigan hmm. one? Anchorage. Another Anchorage I was going to say yep. is probably a lot of a lot of Anchorage's uh, a lot of records, scoring records
1: uh, accomplished in kind of Anchorage. Kind of a fun fact about that with Mark Hardigan, and obviously everyone knows, you know, legend should have won the Hobie Baker. Um, but that was his only hat trick of his career really? um, at Saint Cloud State, and it was four goals. <laughs> so he he never had a three goal game with Saint hmm. Cloud State. He always had like two goals and an assist, mm-hmm. or a goal and three assists, or something along those lines. Um yeah. I mean his his uh his last year, I think his Hobie Baker, you know, runner-up year was uh 37 goals, 38 assists for 75 points. Not too off, shabby. Off of my head. Hey, we'll take it. So. Yeah. Um so Uh, Yeah, just kind of overall throughout the whole weekend, you know, kind of want to go back first. uh, I know we're going going all over the place here. We're we're all over. Hopefully
0: you're sticking with us at least here. But uh, so much to recap. But
1: uh. yeah, exactly. Um, You know, so, you know, before, you know, last podcast, what we're talking about is, you know, we were kind of worried about the start for the Huskies. Um, Yeah. And you know North Dakota is kind of in trouble they're going to come out fast really i thought we had great chances right off the hop on friday i thought we were controlling the play we were doing really well yeah. and yeah there were just a couple of shifts where you know i also talked about the podcast where north dakota will get into this rhythm and they'll get into the buzz saw and they'll they were able to really control the zone on uh you know some of those plays and some of those goals that they had um I looked at uh, that Jackson Blake goal. I did a kind of a rundown of the timer from when they entered the zone to when they scored the goal. They were in the zone for about two minutes, oh, yeah, and, and, just, and just playing keep away and playing keep yeah, away the just, entire time. They did that
0: at a couple of times in the weekend,
1: but they didn't seem to. Right, Later on that period, they did it another time. Um, it was in for I think of about a minute 45 seconds, and Jackson Caster came up with two very big saves, and then they also missed the net on one key chance, and then he was able to freeze the puck, and that was pretty much the last good chance that North Dakota had the rest of Friday.
0: Yeah, it's uh they definitely did have some possession. Uh, some spurts where they were really dominant on possession. It, it didn't always translate into quality scoring chances. Like I was saying, like that, they didn't seem to mesh as a group. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I can watch Gaber and sort of Marvel at the, uh, the skating and the stick handling. And and it it is, it is kind of nice to see a, a shift like that. But you know, but when it's, when it doesn't really lead to much and there were certain times that there there were some quality chances uh off of that as you mentioned castor coming up with a couple of big saves and scoring a goal on on one of those sequences as well so it's not like the these were the that was the only result uh of these kinds of uh possession spurts but uh just down the whole for the weekend a, a struggle to really establish a Consistent offensive presence in their offensive zone, um, and yeah, and some yeah, the, the, some of the goals I, um, getting back to that that three nothing lead that they built, you know, that first goal, well, and the first goal on each night scored by not one of not one of their highest scorers. I mean, Ness had a, I think he's got twelve points in his career, and I think four of them are against the Huskies. He seems to only <laughs> score against. St. Cloud, and that was a harmless-looking enough shot. As you mentioned, I thought that St. Cloud, that came about three and a half minutes into the game where that was the first shot for North Dakota in the game. Prior to that, I thought that was a great sign to see that St. Cloud came out and dictating the play for that first three minutes, and then even for the next five minutes after that goal as well. Um, And so it just was disappointing that a shot like that goes in, you know, off the stick of one of their, you know, not one of their high scoring guys. And then on Saturday, Constantini, who had been benched on on Friday, he's only got one point this year. I thought that was a play where St. Claude's a little too passive, letting him giving him way too much space and a shot. I think that that Bassi would like back. He, he got a piece of it, but then it trickled off and and in for that yeah. first goal. So, I mean, I thought that. I agree that I thought that the start, especially on Friday, um, the start of the weekend, I thought that was a good sign that St. Claude was was definitely not playing passive, as I've uh, mentioned in the past, with the tendency that this team has. Um, but still, North Dakota being able to get the first goal on each night and then having a lead in each night after the first period as well, it's it's good to see Like getting back to this, like this was a statement weekend, even if it is, if versus a not-so-great opponent great because you know there is a rivalry there so every time you beat them and you have the, the quotient of green in the building that you do being able to to shut them up and also just make the statement of how 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 many goals you scored um the variance of the scoring that you had uh the ability to come back in both games especially you know three goal deficit on saturday uh, and then basically end up winning, a, you know, going away with with each game as well. Um, really good sign, you know, a team is being able to, to, to care, take care of a lesser opponent, and I think that's what St. Cloud was able to to do this weekend. So, from the uh, perspective of they beat a team that's not so great, you know, maybe tamp your enthusiasm, but I, I'm not going to because, you know, any, anytime you beat these guys... And you sweep them, and he you score thirteen goals on them. Uh, it's it's especially sweet, especially because mm-hmm. you know like last year he couldn't finish that job after the road on Friday, able to to finish the job this time. So yeah, I'm I'm really positive about this team right now. Uh, yeah, and I mentioned the different variants of of, of offense. I I thought that Kuka... Uh, coming back uh, mm-hmm. is a is a big sign. Getting a goal in each game and and getting the types of goals that he got both grind grindy you know one was off his leg a little deflection uh, and the other a nice little tip. These are these were late in the game so they weren't key goals necessarily. Um, not to say that he hasn't shown the tendency to score clutch goals uh, this year two game winners already on the year, but also well,
1: that, on, on that, that goal um, on Saturday was, I mean, that was a good, that was a big insurance goal.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, that was, I a, mean,
1: yeah, that was a five to three to make it five to three. That, right. That right. made it five to three with uh, about six minutes left to go. So yeah. that was, that was a nice exhale.
0: There. No, you're right. And then also, I, I just like the fact that we're, we're having guys that are willing and able and showing a proficiency at parking in front of the net, getting some screens, getting the rebounds, getting the dirty types of goals. I, I like Sulquist's yeah. uh, screen on that uh, Okabe go-ahead goal. I thought that was a big key, uh, you know, great shot by Okabe, but credit mm-hmm. credit to Sulquist for for providing a screen there in front of DeRitter to make that save any harder than it, oh. than it would have been. It's just those, the, and and we also get the usual suspects of Cranola pops in a couple. Yetnin um and you know the defense is you know peered as i said is it really stepped up this weekend. Anhor played really good on Saturday. I thought guys like Jack Rogers played really good on on Friday night. Um mm-hmm. and so
1: not- also another guy coming back with Chase Brand. Um i thought on Friday he yep. was a force too. Right.
0: Rosborough, who seems to be getting more action. Molinar, we didn't see him at all. I'm wondering if he Mm -hmm. is either hurt or just he hasn't all really seemed to earn the play. So just might be passed up for hungrier players at this point. Again, another uh, variance of scoring as far as, you know, we scored a shorthanded goal. Sixth on the year for the Huskies. We're still keeping pace with beating the 10 (laughs) shorties from last year couple of power play goals. You had the even the extra attacker goal, uh basically doubled up on the power play by scoring the extra attacker and then also scoring on the power and the ensuing power play. Uh you scored a you know empty net or you, you scored plenty of 5 on 5 goals. So there wasn't just weighted towards, you know, this wasn't just a power play weekend where they carried the team. No, they were able to score in pretty much every scenario that you can. So it's just there's hard to take many negatives from this weekend. I, I hope that they don't get too high, for, uh, you know, uh, on their supply here. Uh, you know, Miami's coming up and Miami's not good, but, you know, you've shown a ability to uh, cough up, cough one up to Miami, especially in Miami in the past. And let's hope that's not the case. You just got to, again, focus on it. Hopefully this wasn't too much of an emotional sort of climax for you but you just got one more series here until until a Christmas break and just wanna to continue to to, you know, hit the pedal of the metal here and take care another take care of business kind of weekend upcoming with Miami. But getting back to the North Dakota series, this was again a two thumbs up weekend for me. Uh loved to see it and had a lot of fun. And uh what what else what else do you got? I know I've been talking for a while. What take take over
1: Well, I mean I think it was and obviously we talked about uh splashy's shot, which you know shouldn't have gone in um yeah yeah the crookshank shorty um which was a bad play by Helston all around yep um yep uh, a very sneaky deceiving shot um by Crookshank, too I think Helston kind of expected him to make another move or whatnot, and all of a sudden just a quick fire to go five hole and He looked kind of abused there. Um, Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So that makes it three to two. And I believe there was a moment where North Dakota had a breakaway that Anhorn, I think, was able to get back and break it up. And then uh, shortly after that, there was that delayed penalty. And that was kind of what I thought would be the turning point of the game. Um, cause they miss, you know, they make that pen, that, that, that breakaway, who knows what happens after that, but it was shortly after that, uh, breakaway was stopped is where that delayed penalty that Peart scored. And then, like you said, that ensuing power play where we scored. And after that, it was, it was pretty much all gravy there. Um, which, you know, that whole extra attacker situation with Peart, you know, that, that goal was really set up by doing exactly what North Dakota did to us right at the beginning of the game, where we were able to really work the zone, work the perimeter. They got tired and pure showed great patience and Helston was completely out of position to, to put that away. Um, and the power play goal, that was a bad clear by North Dakota. Again, that their defense faltered on that one. Yeah. was kind of able to bury that shot. Um, and then, uh, you know to make it uh, 62 where Piert was able to you know kind of win a board battle to push the puck up i had to um uh to Mietnin, who was able to feed Kronla for the goal so it was it was a lot of will a lot of determination on that uh that that Friday game but i think it was that stop of that breakaway by Caster that really kind of sparked the huskies to carry us to victory there on friday because we were able to just kind of put everything into place after that yeah i think you're right
0: on that i i again the sequence of when exactly that i i think you're right though that it was still when it was three to two i don't know if it was you know 30 seconds later is when that delayed penalty sequence took place or not but i think that is correct and um yeah that like i said i thought I, i i was surprised that Helston was not pulled after that third goal. Clearly, Barry did not want to pull him mid-period, I think. With fearing, like, you know, he's are killing his confidence, he's going to be heckled on his way off the rink or back to the bench. You, know, you okay, you had to wait till after the second to pull him, and you were down three instead of down one. Who knows if they would have still scored those goals on DeRitter. It's very possible they, they could have, but um, I thought that, Though that penalty, the delayed penalty goal, and then the the power play goal after that, that was the that was the decider of that game. And if, yeah, if you want to rewind back even further to that stop of that power, uh, breakaway, it, it, exactly. Uh, I definitely agree that those were the uh, the big plays that uh, you know Saint Cloud was just yeah Northwood had some chances, but Saint Cloud had more of them and they were able to convert on more of them and, and making that defense pay and the goaltending pay for their mistakes. That's a very, very good sign to see uh, indeed.
1: And then, but like, um, like I want to say it was Anhorn, but you know, I, I don't remember, but I remember there was that big stop. Um, but I do agree with you other, you know, that, that I think was one of Anhorn's, tougher games um but you know in the end obviously it it wasn't really needed that much uh saturday's game like i said we were a little sluggish right off the right off the hop i thought we just looked lethargic um you know we did have a couple of chances that uh, didn't really convert on and you know two nothing after one (laughs) you know like Brett Larson has really, fo- you know, put a focus on resilience and the resiliency of this team, and that's kind of what their their model their motto is. And you know, after the goal, their second goal to make it two to one on on a Friday, that the high sticking that wasn't called as a high stick, and they went through a review in that. Um, they didn't get. Bogged down, they didn't get. You know, they didn't slump their shoulders. The wheels didn't come off. They were kind of able to write that, Mm write that chip. Talking
0: about the first goal on Saturday, because there was Was the first. I thought that was the second goal. That was the first goal on Saturday. I thought he said the second goal on Friday, but because there was was there was a lengthy review. You're talking the high stick from like the far blue line. Yeah, yeah, that was the first. That was the Constantini goal on Saturday.
1: Okay, that was the Constantini goal. Okay, gotcha. That's right. Okay, well, yeah, I don't. Still so, like, I'm sorry. Anything you want to say about that goal? I thought,
0: yeah, I thought that they seemed that they thought they got jobbed on that review. Um, I, I, that's one where it's like I wish that we didn't have reviews in hockey because I don't think that had any real material effect on the play. Again, it happened at the North Dakota blue line. They didn't call it, and then I, what's more unexcus- inexcusable to me is. Just the fact that they they let Constantine just walk in Spilacy, you can yeah. see he's defending the his the shooter or his line mate, and just letting him walk in, and then as like I said, kind of dribbled it in or let it dribble in, and it feel like you could see like there was a several times I saw that Larson was doing like the hand wave gesture to the refs, you know, missing calls and stuff. It seemed like he was really heated, and I thought they sort of fed off the negative energy. Of oh they screwed us because they really thought that that was going to be overturned I, uh, I I that and it just it was a long review five minutes mm-hmm. and say and then you you lost your timeout and you had this this sense of defeat I thought that that affected them I thought they they sort of fed off that negatively for the next like that's how they when they scored the second goal too so it's like I, I just wish that that just would have been a goal and you would have shaken it off and then just. You know, been resilient as you said, and and not gotten down to the three nothing lead. But uh, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. But um, yeah, that first, like I said, first twenty five minutes of the game on Saturday was was not great. I said they did have their fair amount of of great A's that they just didn't convert on, but defensively didn't play all that that hot. Uh, and you know, North Dakota able to set up shop on their power play, especially getting two of those goals uh, with a man advantage but you know able to have that quick re- response after the third goal really did sort of right the ship and then slowly but surely the momentum did start to swing St. Cloud's way and and uh we ended up being happy in that third period um but uh yeah definitely some intrigue the on the on the, on the weekend some controversy here and there and <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't be a North Dakota weekend without that kind of stuff. So right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's to be expected with it, the, with these two teams.
1: And that's where that resiliency really came in is, you know, after Gaber's goal, you know, it's three, nothing. And in my mind, it's, you know, I, I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's just show some kind of life before the end of the period. And then both two seconds later, after I thought that bushy scores. So at that time, I'm like, okay, Three to one. We are in no worse position than we were two minutes ago. <laughs> so th- that that's fine. And I, I was hoping for a little bit more from them after that goal, but it was still a little bit lethargic and whatnot. And then I thought it was yeah, with about two three minutes left to go in that in that second period, everything I felt like it was just a flip of the switch. So I don't know if it was like the timeout, the TV t- last t- TV timeout. Or what, but I thought ever since then, the, the Huskies were just buzzing, buzzing. And I think that just really stemmed from that top line taking over. And that's, you know, Okabe, Mietnan, Kronola. I mean, they, I, th- I thought they just completely kind of took over the game. I did predict um, on Twitter that they were going to move Kupka back to the second line role and switch out Ingram, who is still learning, had a lot of penalties called on him, Um but um overall, other than the penalties, I thought he was pretty solid. But I mean I, I'm really interested to see if against Miami, if Kupka's gonna be on that second line again. Um and, and if they're gonna put uh, Ingram down on the third or if they're gonna have Ingram learn um from from Miller and Crookshank too. So that's gonna be kind of an interesting interesting thing to watch. And then but yeah, just Okabe taking the game over. Um, you know, natural hat trick, making it three to two. And, you know, down by one going into the third, I felt really comfortable. Um, we know that North Dakota hasn't been able to hold the lead. You could say that's their trademark of the season uh, so far. Um, you might as well just uh, give that trademark to, uh, to Brianna Berry if you want to. But um, that's pretty much just the sign of, you know, what they do is they just cough up leads. And... So when we we made a three two, I'm like, all right, we're we're gonna come out firing and all c- cylinders, and then yeah, first shift Okabe, uh, pops it in again, and then you know finishes and everything just kind of fell into place there in that third period. So it's awesome, um, you know, to see to see them kind of come back. Awesome to see the scoring from like you said, all different types of lines. Um. You know, shout out to the defense. Um, yeah, you know, I thought, you know, as as a whole, you know, I there was some offensive sparks and chances from Trayball. <laughs> I saw him down in the offensive zone a couple times. He was skating with so much confidence. Um, you know, I thought uh, Wiley on the weekend was good. Um, and uh, Brady Zemer as well. I thought he's been, you know, ever since that he is, come in over the past couple of games i thought he is um also has been just uh uh fantastic he didn't play on saturday but i thought he played a fantastic game on friday because they had reiners there in on saturday but um it's it's going to be an interesting conundrum there when Meyer comes back who do you sit on this back end i don't have a good answer i really like zemer back there and i'm afraid he's going to be the odd one out
0: yeah, I think you're more of a fan of Zemer than I am. I, I would think he's going to be the... Him and Reiner's would be the natural um, guys that lose out the ice time, I think, to Meyer. But, uh, but yeah. And,
1: I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention I thought Wiley had a really strong yeah. series as well. Yep, and I think
0: I've already mentioned Lutke. So. I, I wanted to save my praise of Pyrrhic for a segment in a little bit, tint. <laughs> um But uh, Lutke also... Again, showing no ill effects uh, to his injury playing as a plus four on Saturday uh, and getting that assist uh, on the winner, uh, on the Okabe winners. Nice nice little uh, feed to set him up um, and just, you know, he's got the offensive uh, edge to his game, but he re- very rarely does he make some defensive miscues either, whereas like Anhorn – that's rare, too, to see him kind of play a little loose on the back end, which I think mm-hmm. was his issue on Friday, taking a little too many chances. But 90 t- 90% ninety of the time that he's taking those chances this year, I'm talking about Anhorn, um, he's been able to you know, succeed uh, on those attempts. And you know, one bad game, I wouldn't even call it a bad game really from Anhorn, but one, one meh game out of, what, 16? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly take it, especially well, in comparison well, to North Dakota, who could really use some some help yeah. on the on their blue line. Um, but and uh, I don't
1: think it was that Anhorn played poorly. I think he just he just he just made, made he made poor some decisions. Yeah, yeah. Un, more decisions on more, more so than decisions. more so than we're used to. Um, yep. And 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 Piert, yeah. I think on Friday, at least I thought he was just a little bit slow with his decision making. And so I think, you know, um, i you know, he was selected, no surprise, to uh, the World Junior um, preliminary roster. So um, that. Oh, is... for this for this coming one. I didn't see that. Yes. OK, yep. he yep. played on the team I last think year, that... too. So it's, it makes yep. sense. Yep, it makes sense. Um, and also they just released the Stars of the Week, uh, which had Okabe as the forward of the week and uh, Peart as defenseman of the week. Yeah, I guess i got to disagree with saying that Pierre was slow on Friday. I thought he was the best
0: player for St. Cloud on Friday. Um, he, he was really impressive to me. Um, and, and dictating the play from the point in, in a way that I guess isn't that rare now. You, know, you think of a guy like Ashan, uh in, in recent St. Cloud history as well. But I think Peer might turn out to be a tick better. Um, I, we're really seeing the development this year, you know, I don't yes. know why you would, but you can rewind it to some of the episodes last year where we were a little rough on Puert, and I think for good reason. I thought he he just he struggled his first year, and you have to put into context the youth and his lack of junior experience to the extent that most college players have. You know, he yeah. only had a handful of USHL yeah. games under his belt when he came here, and so he really was learning on the fly last year, and it it did it was a bit of a an adjustment period that you know at times it is a little tough to watch but this year those sort of you know the times where it's it's pure you know he's the only guy back on a defensive play and you're kind of you swallow hard and you're like eh, let's see how this goes really hasn't been that at all this year uh and you're seeing the more the assertive offensive uh minded part of his game really stepped to the fore and, and become mm-hmm. kind of a force to reckon with. And I thought on Friday and, and Friday, especially. And then Saturday too, I thought that he was, he was very visible on the ice and, uh, I, I thought his best weekend so far at the, at the college yeah. level. And, uh, so, um, I don't know if we do want to... I just
1: thought there were a, a couple times where I just I just felt like he could have moved the puck or make his decisions just a little bit faster that he didn't. But other than... Right. I mean, there were... Other than that, yeah, I thought he had a really good weekend. So Yeah. So, I don't know if we want to transition that into our Let's pow,
0: but yeah, I so, guess I've been waxing but I... And I did have to... You know, after the Okabe, especially being the natural hat trick, I did have to... Like, God, do I have to give it to a you now? But, um, but you know, Peart had that empty netter on Saturday. And so that really that really uh, put I don't it over know, the hump. I don't know if it counts
1: because I don't know if he called bank. Like, I think you have <laughs> to call if bank on that. Have you seen had, a
0: yeah. bank shot empty netter before like that? <laughs> I Clearly he wasn't trying to score. He was just trying to clear the zone and worked out like a charm. Uh, right. that one was a nice, uh, for all you g- uh, geometry fans. I think that was a nice, a nice, a, a fitting right, exactly. way to end I'm, the, end the weekend. Okay. I think,
1: especially with that little bit of a slow roller, yeah. um, kind of as Gino, it got, said, yeah, it got, so, it got, you know, turn turned to <laughs> the angle. It was perfect Turn the angle. And like, if you're, you're the defenseman g- trying to get back skating at the same speed, that's just kind of like a car crash waiting to happen is that, that, uh, um, that puck crossing the line. So Yeah. Um but so, yeah. So Pierce Pierce your Go Huskies woo player of the weekend?
0: Two goals, three assists, five points on the weekend. Like I said, he was he was pretty solid defensively as well. Um yeah, and not not to throw Okabi, you know, or to ignore him or ignore guys like Ranala or any, like I said, the usual suspects. Like I said, there were plenty of mm-hmm. candidates this weekend. That's there always were a lot of candidates. It's yet. always a nice problem to have. Um, but uh, I don't believe, again, It's I, we do have the tendency, if, if a guy hasn't gotten a pow previously, <laughs> to throw some love. I believe Okabe got yeah. it last week, or the last series, the CC series for me. So so I'm going to spread the love a little bit here. And, uh, sure. But even if I didn't give it to Okabe last weekend, I think I still would have given it to Pierre because I thought uh, both nights – and I think we're settling on Peart. Um, You know, we've been really, we've gone Peart, Pert, Peart. I, I, I'm thinking Peart.
1: I'm sticking with it from now on. I, I, I'm sticking with Peart. Um I, I I actually started to really love how that sounds versus the other one. I do know I go back and forth on Cronulla and Oh, Cronulla. I, I mean, I, I, I just know that.
0: I made a concerted effort to say <laughs> Spellacy because I'm I'm very well, much Spel- spelled spelacy yep I'm but I'm pretty sure it is spelacy yeah we butcher names here it's we don't try uh, but sometimes there there's some tough 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 ones on the team but uh, just ask the CCPA announcer. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there are some mouthfuls, uh, on this team. So, but anyway, you say it, well, that, well that's why Jason
1: Bryant also got the job and not me. So. <laughs> that is correct. I don't have to uh, worry about it now on this podcast, yeah. but
0: so, anyway, say uh, it, I, I got peered for my guy. Uh, who, who do you, who do you got for the pile?
1: Well, uh, go Huskies woo. Sure. Um, he, he had a, he had, he had a, he had a dilemma. He had to go kind of back and forth. Um, I asked him. I asked him on, on Sunday, he's like, I gotta think about it, I don't know, there's a lot. Um, he's like, he's between a couple, do I go through points, all around, sparks provided, everything, and he ended up uh, settling on the sniper. Really? <laughs> he ended up going with Brendan Bushy. Back to back. Um, at, back, at back to back, yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, talking about spreading the love around. Uh, no, go Huskies! Woo! I mean, we might as well just call this the 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 Brendan Bushy Award um, for for back to back. So, but um, basically, uh, points both games um, for someone not normally known for points. Incredible defense, plus ratings all around. Um, his goal actually was a good laser of a shot, <laughs> so it wasn't that lucky bounce or anything. Uh four game point streak, but also he was it was just kind of solid all around. Um so it was just kind of the all aspects of the game go huskies woo. Uh so he went with the sniper. Yeah, and that, that goal
0: was a huge goal. I mean yeah. I'm not gonna say the, the most important of the weekend 'cause you know, obviously there was some candidates in that, but three nothing, but that got you back in it. Uh so a a huge, a huge. And, a huge and, goal. and
1: what, twenty seconds after? Something like that. Something like that. It was that? less like, than a minute, no, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, and I was in the same boat, you know, kind of going back and forth who I'm going to pick. Um, I am going to pick Okabe though, and the reason why I'm going to, because beforehand I was kind of thinking and was going to be mine actually, um, because I thought he was able to drive the play. Cronulla, you know, obviously he had um a little more goals. He was the number one star, I believe, on Friday, um, but. You know, he also got into a little bit of the penalty trouble as well, as he's up, you know, apt to do. Uh, But I thought Miettinen just all around strong um, until Okabe kind of took the game over. And the reason why I'm mostly picking Okabe, first off, that that top line for us had the international exchange line had 10 points on the weekend. Um, So they were um, really a dominant force um and i i just think i'm having a different conversation and a different tone about the whole weekend if okabi doesn't jump start this team um like he did on saturday's game so that's why i'm giving it to him yeah, it's it's a good pick Uh bushy's a good pick too i mean like i said there was plenty
0: of candidates this weekend so it's good that we had three different ones because i think that's one of the weekends it's one of those weekends where you know, it's not just an obvious uh we all
1: three say the same one. Uh it's it's yep. I like it. I like it. Perfect. So uh switching gears, uh here. So we got one more uh before before the break. Uh we haven't I guess officially worked out our um you know, show and our schedule for the the break and whatnot. So we'll get back to you on that.
0: We'll um, definitely have one next week uh, to recap. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we'll we, we might take one week. off. And, you know, we, there is a couple of, of of off weekends. We might have an off weekend too, but or an off week, I, I suppose. But yeah. but stay tuned.
1: Yeah, we might do that. We might. Uh, I might just have a show. Also, you know, maybe I'll have a guest on. Um, I know uh, Jake Baskin likes to talk about uh, World Junior, so maybe I'll do a preview with him. I don't know. There, there's mm-hmm. some things, okay, there's something.
0: Yeah, I, okay, I guess I I guess I can't be a part of that. So sure, yeah, you can do that. Sounds oh, good. Do you want to be
1: a part of it? Cool. Well, duh. <laughs> well, I I didn't know if you had. You've got. I don't know. You got a half marathon going I, on. I so can. Com- I, I commit to
0: this every every week. <laughs> I I'm surprised that we're even having this discussion because I I'm fine with doing it every every week here.
1: We don't. And I I don't. I mean, I'm fine with not taking Lord, a break. Lord, uh, Lord knows we uh we lo- we love to talk. So it's um yeah
0: you think that we're not going to have things to talk about
1: uh on december 19th mm. yeah, very true um but yeah i mean th- there'll be no shortage of uh topics uh that that will have and especially you know if period i don't know if you know i would imagine because that game is you know the seventh and eighth i think is the minnesota series so he's probably not going to miss any time um there's just that what we have that exhibition game don't we uh, yes and, um, the weekend Manitoba the weekend before like
0: that. um yeah,
1: that's so, well whatever
0: i i would have to look at I, yeah i am i did not show prep for world juniors yeah as you can clearly mm-hmm. tell it might if it's possible that the championships would be that weekend the 6th 7th and 8th because it's usually it usually wraps up with the first week of January, so yeah. I I um, don't know it it might well, it might wrap up that Sunday the first or
1: it well, usually goes a little. If we do have a TV that. show, we'll talk about it. He
0: might, yeah. So. I guess he might miss that Gopher series, which would be a loss. But as we're saying, like you know, who's gonna sit when Meyer comes back? I mean, we have the depth, so yeah. Um, but I would, I guess, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it is that that weekend. But I guess we'll kick that can down the road and.
1: Cross That bridge okay. when you get there. Let's, I guess I'm mixing my metaphors,
0: but we'll, let's
1: let's cross that bridge when we kick that can. Uh, so let's talk about uh Miami, uh, heading out to Oxford, um, uh, sitting there at the uh, the cellar of the conference, uh, right now, and it's um, you know, <laughs> Miami is. At, you know not really seeing a lot of improvement um you know from uh really ha- what what they have uh been the last couple of years um you know uh, last year Saint Cloud just absolutely hammered them um popped in 19 goals <laughs> there on the, on on the weekend uh, I I do remember that very yeah. fondly uh but the um it's a series where you you just can't take these are the ones where you just need to get the points um right now you're second in the standing two points behind denver um and 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 that's so that's uh these are the ones that you just really have to shut the door and and kind of keep keep the pressure on um to kind of stay where you are uh, and I foresee that happening um uh, no reason I think to kind of change anything but uh, you know, Miami's power play isn't that great. Penalty kill isn't that great. They're goaltending. Um, Pearson, we've said our thoughts about him many times before. Um, so it, it it's definitely a weekend where Huskies should be ready, show up to play, and I think we're going to be able to kind of uh, really take care of business there in, in Miami or in Oxford.
0: Yeah, going down to the Sunshine State. You know, it's it's always um it can be a challenge, you know, keeping focus, you know, in between the palm trees. Uh, you know, it's whenever you're in Miami-Dade County, it's you can be easily distracted. So you just got to keep focus. Um and yeah, I think when we when we were previewing the CC series, um this is Miami of Ohio. Don't don't email me any uh, cor- correction <laughs> emails. Are, it's just a bit, so just enjoy. Um, actually,
1: <laughs> you're uh, thinking of a Miami.
0: Uh, yeah, keep, yeah, it's good. It's a good bit. Um, <laughs> so when I when we were previewing the CC series, I said three, I would be disappointed with three points or less. Uh, let's copy and paste that for this. I'm not going to say six or nothing. Um, it's a road series and. And, and all that, and conference opponent, and, yeah, but as you very tactfully, see, I appreciated the amount of tact you were giving as far as your summation of Miami's season so far. Uh, I'll be a little bit more blunt, this ain't a good team. Um, and you, you should, you should finish the deal. You should win two games here. Um, but i just acknowledging that it's hockey and, and things can happen that don't make sense uh, somewhat frequently. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, St. Cloud's a better team than Miami is. Miami can't score. I think that's their biggest issue. Just 33 goals this year. It's so the fewest in the conference. I think it's in the top 10 or 12, fewest in the country. Top score right now has got Barbellini at 14 points in 14 games, some point of point point a game pace for him but after that eight points is your second place second leading scorer um you know they got this red savage who's got some world juniors experience himself uh played would have played with pert peert uh would have played with peert uh, still it's struggling with that it. Up. uh i know uh and uh but he played with him in the uh, previous R- world juniors and you know drafted player but you know just 8 points in 14 games this year. And so they just don't really have a lot of there there uh when it comes to offense or defense for that matter as you mentioned Pearson who's had you know some success with Miami and the COVID year was good enough to earn a preseason goalie of the year honor last year. Which did not work out so well for him, you know. And he's sitting right now, nine 0 five save place. percentage, uh, goals against above three. A lot of that's attributable to the team he plays. You know, four. You know, doesn't make it very easy on him. Uh, he's going to see a lot of rubber uh, on the weekend. Assuming he's going to be starting both games, their backup has just really only gotten token work. Um, so I'm expecting two games of Pearson here.
1: Um. Two games of him starting. I'm sure we'll, uh, yeah, well chase him. Hell,
0: I mean, he gave up all 19 of those last year, though. If you remember, he was not pulled <laughs> That's at right,
1: all. Right, I forgot.
0: Uh, so there's that. Um, but uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> he gave up all 19.
0: All 19. There was. <laughs> I think we. There was no <laughs> empty netters in that 19. I should remind you as well. And so he was in net for all all of those. Um, I don't expect it to be that kind of series um this no. weekend but um you know we saw in CC I think one tight one and one boat race I think that's a nice gauge here or maybe an expectation you know maybe who knows what which one of those is going to be the close one but uh I, I think that's a decent uh a decent par for the course here maybe to to expect uh yeah I and I just like I said, I, I, I worry a little bit about sort of an emotional hangover here um coming into to this series. And I I like the fact that it's actually a road series because they get the the road trip bonding and it's the get out of the get out of your comfort zone a little bit. If they were still at home this weekend, maybe that'd be even that'd be more sort of emotional hangover, I think, uh fear for me. But uh so I like the fact that they're getting out on the road and Getting some of that, uh, some of that local Florida cuisine, um, maybe, uh, and uh, that Florida skyline chili, the, the spaghetti with uh, with chili. Yeah, that's that's what all those crazy Floridians like. I don't get it, uh, but uh, maybe they can uh, have some of that, and uh, hopefully, they like their chili hot, uh, as uh, as as a wise man once said. So. Hoping that this is going to be a good series for Saint Cloud, confident at it. I mean, on paper, should be two wins, but they don't play the games on paper. Let's just sit back and and wait and and, and enjoy the games. The, the, another curveball too. They play an early game on Saturday. Uh, if there is anyone that wants to to pre-call like a a, a letdown. It is a 5 p.m. local start on Saturday, which is a weird time. Mosko would be in favor of it, I think, because it would get him practice for the NCAA's to play at a weird start time. So there's that factor. If it, just more so, I'm just giving you a heads up. Don't wait till six or whatever the normal time would be Central Time for Miami games. It is a little earlier on Saturday, so be sure to check your TV guide uh to uh to see
1: check your nchc tv guide
0: check your (laughs) msctv.com and uh be sure not to miss it should be a fun series let's hope uh let's hope we get some uh a pair of good results here this weekend
1: yeah it's um yeah so we got uh local time local uh minnesota time since I have to clarify, since you're in Arizona as well. But, uh, you know, uh, St. Cloud against Miami, that's going to be at four. And then, yeah, Omaha at Colorado College, um, that's going to be at seven. Same time as Denver, Minnesota. But also that North Dakota at Western Michigan, that game is at five. They're Most nice and time. So nice and spread out. Nice and spread out, but... Um, Still, I mean that's also kind of a weird time too. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe Western Michigan normally plays, so that 6 would be games on on East Eastern time. But I guess that is. Anyway. Right. I thought
0: that I thought they played seven o'clock games all the time. Seven o'clock local. Yep. Like I, I know Duluth always does. Miami's been doing this this five p.m. local time. They did that last year too, which I'm not a. I don't mind because there's usually not a game going on at that time. So you can watch there. There was a game that comes on a little earlier. So I've been able to watch more Miami than I probably normally would just because they're the only action, at least like the first period or so, you know, again, you're not, you're not able to watch a real great team in that window of exclusivity that they have. Um, it is Miami hockey after all, but it's hockey, it's college hockey. And, uh, so there, there you got it. So yeah, a little, a little early start time on on Saturday, but shouldn't be too much of an issue. Uh, hoping for some lots of goals and lots of wins.
1: Right. Um, you know Miami here last win, uh, their second game against North Dakota on the nineteenth of November. Uh but uh, before that, they have had a string of losses and also a shootout loss in there. Um, where they actually started the season uh four one and one um so yeah, including they, a win at at Lowell, which was it's at it, Lowell, yeah, yeah. probably
0: their best win of the year um but yeah since since conference play started just that one win at North Dakota and, and should also mention they they did not play last weekend, so they're coming off a bye weekend um yeah. we'll see if any the roster rest. We'll see if that plays a factor, especially on Friday. I think that's another. St. Cloud should always come out dictating the play. That's sort of my soapbox, yeah. like I, that. But especially this weekend because you got you know a team that's been sitting around for two weeks. Um, you know, just jump on them. I want to. I want a goal in the first five minutes on Friday, and if they do get loop this audio and put it on next week's podcast. I'm I'm giving you an assignment here, but uh Sounds it wouldn't like be, it wouldn't all, be just, it wouldn't be as great as I, I remember last year when I called both scores of the sweep versus Bemidji. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. I don't think I'll ever have a, a, a call no, like that, I, I but, so. but this will be close. I'm calling it first yep. five minutes. They're going to
1: score a goal on Friday. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, before that North Dakota win um, that they had on the 19th, uh, their last win before that was uh, October 22nd against Canisius. So it's uh, it's a team St. Cloud should handle. Um, and so it's, you know, I, I'm excited to just see this te- team just kind of take care of business. Um, I am feeling a lot more confident with this team that we're able to Uh than a lot of other previous teams um, that, that even that we've had. Sometimes I'm a little bit more nervous about it. Obviously not some of those incredibly high-scoring ones, but kind of the ones in recent history where sometimes we played down to our opponent a little bit more than we should have. Um, I don't feel as nervous with this team, um, but this is definitely um, one I think it's a, easily a – Maybe not easily, but like this is a weekend where five or six points I think is is gonna be uh key uh I do like your prediction of you know one boat race and one tighter one. I see that kind of being the being the formula here so and then I mean going into the break with uh just an absolutely amazing record in my opinion, and just with how well this team has played um. So it's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for this team and I'm incredibly excited with how we're winning games. And like you said, this last game again, or this last year's against North Dakota, where it was a lot more of, you know, getting into the prime areas, some grindy, some greasy goals. Um, I'm looking forward to more of that. Um, Just kind of getting down to business versus always looking for that extra flashy pass or whatnot. So let's, uh let's keep the let's keep this ball rolling, huh?
0: Yeah. As you mentioned uh, with, you know, the points, conference points and whatever, kind of snuck under my radar. Just two points out of first place right now, St. Cloud, mm-hmm. sitting at 17 points. Denver's leading the way at 19. Every team, I like this, every team has played eight games. There's a lot of conferences like Hockey East. You got Connecticut's played 13 and Maine has played eight. Like that's like the... The stretch of, you know, so it's not, everyone has not been playing the same amount of games, but everyone's equal right now as far as games played in the NCHC. So, um, and it's, you know, predictably it's bunched up early in the season. You're not going to have that much separation, uh, pre Christmas, but, you know, St. Cloud's at 17, Denver's going to Duluth. We know Duluth is strong.
1: Miami is kind of separating Yeah. Themselves. <laughs> yes.
0: And North Dakota, too. Should, I mean, shout out to them. Uh, you know, 12 points out of first right now, trying for their, what, four straight Penrose, not looking so hot right now in Grand Forks to keep the cup. Um, but you know, St. Cloud, you know, I don't like to do, especially early in the season, but I'll do it anyway. You know, they sweep the sea this series and Denver splits with Duluth. We know that Duluth's not great, but it's going into Duluth is never like a guaranteed sweep for anybody. Saint Cloud could could be good chance. I think that that Saint Cloud could be leading the pack here at Christmas time. So again, don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I didn't. I mean, this is a team Saint Cloud just winning. Took them their fourth conference game to get their first regulation win in conference. You know, the overtime win in Denver, then the, the two losses, the Denver loss, and then Western Michigan loss. So this is really you know five game winning streak right now in con, all in conference has vaulted them to number two in the, uh, in the conference and certainly got a uh, sniffing distance here for Penrose, which I mean, if we were, I I was the the one that was higher on this team versus between yeah. me and Weldy. I had him at fourth. You know, I, I wasn't really thinking Penrose was even going to be really in play this year for, for the Huskies. And there's still plenty of time. I, I feel I mean, we're a third of the way through the conference schedule. Uh, but Hey, it's it's there for the taking especially this year It looks like Denver is going to be your main competition for for the Penrose. Right. so circle that series with uh, Denver and St. Cloud in in January It's possibly could could be the deciding factor in in who takes first this year but uh don't want to get too ahead of myself but also wanna put that out there that that's that's part of the goal right now you know players want to be now, hunting for
1: that now I, I mean i know you say that but i I don't I don't know what to make of this Omaha team. Yeah. yeah. Um and and you know they're they're sitting just two points back. And I remember that, you know, I said early on maybe it was our season preview podcast that looking at St. Cloud's schedule, that series against Omaha, because remember, I picked Omaha dead last in the conference. And um which was a, a, a shock to you. And I, I don't know about a shock. It just,
0: I, I just, it was more so like, you really don't think Miami's got this on lockdown. Um, More so than you, guess. more so than a gas gasp that Omaha was so bad. But,
1: but I said, because that Omaha, we only play them once. We play them at Omaha and that's the second to last weekend. Um, And I said, Circle that series because that's going to be the series where we need to get the points, you know, to what I said. I think that that time was the battle for home ice. Um, Now I'm circling that c- series right now as that might be our chance to really set ourselves up to clinch the Penrose or be in really good position. I don't see Denver slowing down, but I mean... Um, Omaha might be kind of right in the thick of it the way they've been playing as of late Um, you know just uh, I watched a little bit of their series I mean they had an absolutely bonkers game on Friday against Western Michigan uh, where they ended up winning seven to six Um, where again Western Michigan came out to a to a three goal lead uh, and then Uh, Omaha rattled off seven (laughs) Only to have Western Michigan come back With three in the third period To make it unnecessarily close Um, But then they were able to You know, kind of lock it down there Three to one on on Saturday So it's I don't really know what to make of that team But it's It's something I'm definitely going to watch Who do they have this next weekend? Um, They have
0: They go to CC the thing for, yeah, I, I agree that I think my, uh, Omaha, I think, well, maybe not. I was going to say clearly the surprise in the positive direction in the NCHT this year, although you could make a case for St. Cloud being being that top surprising team too. um, And there's been some definitely negative surprises with North Dakota and, and Duluth. But I don't think anyone was thinking Omaha was going to be this high in the conference really at any point in the season. The thing that I think that's going for them, one big factor, well, two big factors. The NCHC isn't as hot as it normally is. So there's, sure. a, there's a bit of a gap there, an opening that they can take. Secondly, their schedule is which, pretty, is favorable. Which
1: we'll put a pin in that because I want to get back to that. Sure. But continue.
0: Their uh, schedule is favorable because they're already done with Denver, who is generally their arch nemesis, and they have already gotten a win in Denver. They don't play Denver again oh. this year. And they, they only play St. Cloud once. So who we're kind of seeing as kind of the de facto one, two in the conference, whichever way you put them, Denver and St. Cloud, Omaha only has those guys one series each. So they got, they still got two series left against Miami, two series against CC, including this weekend. Now I think last year, what screwed them was not winning those Miami and CC games. Cause I think they lost yeah. three games total to those two teams combined. And It'll be a big weekend for them this ser- this weekend to see if they can do like one of these take care of business weekends, especially on the road. We'll kind of figure out if they're going to be for real. I mean, this Randall they have I think is leading the league, uh, leading the country in scoring. He's got 14 yep. goals, so I mean they've been able to get some offense. I still think that that goaltending situation and defense is, is eventually going to show some cracks. Um, and we saw you know winning a game giving up six goals, not something that is generally sustainable. So I, I'm still not sold on them, but I, I would certainly at this point not be surprised if say they get a home ice position uh, in, for the playoffs that they would probably likely lose that series. I was going to say, than, than I could just see them getting
1: home ice and then playing North Dakota, the North Dakota winning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How I see that going. Uh, yeah.
0: So uh, it's definitely, that's, it's in intrig- I did watch that third period of the game on Saturday and yeah, they're an interesting team, but man, that announcer just drives me absolutely bad. Whoever is the guy that taught him the one-two-two-four check crap? He said he actually said these were. He said one-one-three-four check. He said this at some point in the game. Whoever, whoever is the guy that taught him that? Because that's not a that's not something that people naturally pick up watching the game. It's not something in an organic. It, it doesn't just happen organically. He had to been taught that by someone who he was like interning under. I want to find that guy and lock him in like a porta potty. Uh, I, I want to like back up a truck like so the back hits the door of the porta potty so they can't get out. And I want to see both of those guys in that porta potty, seeing which kind of forecheck they need to do to get out of that porta potty, just to teach him a bit of a lesson. Uh, it was hard. It was hard to listen to, uh, but. But getting back to Omaha, yeah, they're they're a, they're a real kind of head scratching team. But I, certainly, I, they they've got my attention now. They just have to they they've got to kind of just take care of the stuff that take care of the games that they should. I mentioned uh, you mentioned I think a couple of weeks ago using the pairwise Predictor so early in the season. I did that with their uh, Niagara sweep. Oh yeah. So just, I believe they're at 20 right now. I got to double check this. I I checked this on Saturday after the game. Well,
1: that's Um, why I wanted to put a pin in what you said earlier, um, is that because I looked at the Pairwise yesterday, uh, Denver and St. Cloud, three and four. The next closest NCHC teams is Western Michigan and Omaha, and they're at 18 and 19. So right now we only have two teams in.
0: Right, and Omaha, so at 19... Just winning one of those games against Niagara, they'd be 14 inside the pairwise. Uh, Just winning one of those games. I I didn't do it if, I mean, let's see if uh, I can do it if if they sweep that series. But just one of the games, they would jump into pairwise territory. Um, So that shows you not so much how big, like a big win can be, but how impactful a bad loss can be. Uh, It's, yeah, if they would have swept the series, they'd be at eight. Right now, So basically jumping five or six spots with each of those, you know, as they turned out to be losses. So, and that's the thing too. I mean, they're, they're non-conference. They still got St. Lawrence coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have, they don't really have, and and like I said, done with Denver and only one series left with St. Cloud. So they don't have a ton of opportunities here to pick up like a big pairwise win. Um, the St. Cloud games might be the best opportunity for that uh, for the yeah. rest of the season. And who knows, like, you know, Western could get back into position or North Dakota or, you know, Duluth or, or one of these teams. But right now uh, they don't have a ton of opportunities, but they definitely, if they just continue to, to pick up quantity, the quantity of wins, um, certainly. Yeah. You're at 19 at this point in the season that you can't write them off for a tournament possibility. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're just a, uh, they're kind of the wild card of the league right now because yeah. even i seeing a weekend of North Dakota, you know, my eyes have seen the glory here uh, of, <laughs> of, of how, how poor this team is right now. And they could, yeah, they have talent. They could turn it around, but uh, I'll take the under on whatever you're, whatever you're setting, whatever line you're setting on, on North Dakota yeah. right now, I'm taking the under. Um, and you can't, you
1: can't trust that goalie tandem. It's, right.
0: They're bright bad. And, and Duluth too. I mean, just splitting, I I guess we're kind of melding this into the last weekend's recap with, with the other games, you know, Duluth getting shut out, you know, splitting against CC, but, you know, getting shut out against CC again. Where is that offense? You know, they scored four goals on Saturday. The Steve's uh, natural hat trick. We had a lot of those, I guess, this Mm -hmm. weekend, at least two of them in the conference. But so they got a little bit of offense there on Saturday, but, uh, you know, another shutout loss, which is, they're kind of racking up those this year. Still don't know if, I really ha- I haven't watched two full games of them on a weekend yet, you know, until St. Cloud plays them, that's when I'll be able to really watch them that in depth. But I, I, I had less, I was less impressed by Duluth than Dakota coming into this weekend. And I don't think that Duluth really wowed me with a split, a home split of CC, so... I I I would be pretty bearish on them as well. So yeah, who knows? It's it's there for the taking for Omaha. Uh and I yeah. again, I I just I sell low on Omaha in general. So I'm probably still going to do that for now, but yeah, go out go out to CC and and sweep that series and and maybe that'll make me more more of a believer in them, but uh yeah, this is a it's a weird weird year uh, for for the league and weird year for for college hockey, there's just no, there's there's a lot of parity right now. There's just not a ton of elite teams, um, and maybe that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad yeah. thing. It's just in general, there's typically you know, and yeah, you have a Quinnipiac who's only lost one game. You've got Denver who looks pretty pretty good. You got Minnesota's off to a really good start, but I just I don't see Minnesota winning a national title. You know, uh, I don't think Denver's as good as they were last year. Even though I wouldn't be shocked if they won it. It would, you know, Quinnipiac—they've done this before. You know, running the table in the regular season, then not winning it in the postseason. So it's just—it's wide open right now. And hey, maybe this is the year for St. Cloud. I mean, it's right there for the taking.
1: So go out and get it. I like the makeup of our team a lot more, and I think it's a lot more consistent when you have incredibly strong defense like we do. Right. That's Um, right. uh, You said Jack Randall, goal scoring leader with fourteen. Uh, Jason Poolin from Western Michigan at 13. Uh Crookshank uh and Mazer both with 12. So uh four of the top goal scorers in the country. Um there are in the yeah. NCHC.
0: Yep. So. Uh,
1: so it's yeah, it's I'm uh who so what do we got this weekend? We got Denver um uh, traveling to Minnesota Duluth. Uh, North Dakota traveling to Western Michigan um, and then Omaha, like you said, at Colorado College, so that's a good point about Omaha's schedule I mean, they can rack up some serious points or um, you know, just you know, the two best teams at the conference not only playing them once and being done with Denver and splitting, that's huge so
0: Yeah, and yeah, they went to Duluth already so, I mean, they have a they have a six game home stand now granted that's with a week off in between spanning the new year new year's weekend and then going into january six straight home games um kind of a home heavy second half for them and so but we're kind of looking with them and western both sort of on the fringes and both with a bad loss a non conference loss which if western wins that game against anchorage and uh, Omaha wins one of those games against Niagara. We're looking at, we got four, four teams like in the NCHC in line for a, uh, tournament burst. And that seems to be par for the course. Okay. But now the, the narrative as it's developed this year is that this is kind of a weaker year for the NCHC, which is a narrative that I would agree with. Um, but you can just tell it's just these kind of small, you know, just one loss here, one loss there. And it makes a big difference. So, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how it shakes out. But that was definitely that was a weird series with with those two teams, Western and and Omaha, this yeah. weekend, and yeah, quite the wild contest, reminiscent of the 1991 uh, NCAA title game with uh, Northern Michigan and Boston University. Still, my dad and my brothers say it's the best game they've ever attended in person. That was the game where BU got off to a three nothing lead. Northern Michigan score outscores them seven to one. After that, to take a seven to four lead, BU scores the last three in regulation, including like the last minute. And then Tony Amanni had like a, a breakaway with like ten seconds left to win it, but he missed. And then Northern Michigan ends up winning in in overtime, in like three overtimes, but they were playing ten minute overtimes, I think. So really, only two overtimes. But yeah. it's at the St. Paul Civic Center, and it was a classic. It's got some. There's a, like a fairly large. They don't have the whole game on YouTube, but it's like maybe a twenty minute package of highlights. It's really? worth it's worth it. Dave Shayak. Oh, check
1: that out. Dave Shayak,
0: yeah. the captain of of Northern Michigan, uh the Saint Cloud State uh, assistant coach right now. So that was a oh, really ask, good, really good Northern ask him Michigan about team it. too. Let, let's bring Shit. him
1: on the show and ask him, hey. i love yeah. him. Yeah. I know you him. want. I know we're the Huskies hockey Podcast. I know you're expecting we gotta talk about this game.
0: <laughs> just throw yeah. him a big curveball. It's just I'm sure he I would maybe he he'd really enjoy that. I don't know. We don't really have guests though. Uh, yeah, but be... I, we could yeah, we could break the seal there with uh, with Shia. Could definitely we could talk <laughs> about old Anchorage stories. I'm sure he's got a, a bunch of those. So Right? Yeah. Maybe we we exactly maybe get along. Wanted. We might eventually <laughs> get along to the
1: Saint Cloud State Talk. I I don't know though. We might just I don't know. we might be That's... distracted. I I, w- I would want to ask him about Hanowski's goal with point one second left. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when he... Or or when they won, they won in
0: overtime. Anchorage beat Saint Cloud in overtime. The only time Anchorage ever won a game in Saint Cloud, uh, and they the cele- They celebrated like they won the Stanley Cup. Eric Shied, I remember the guy who scored the goal. They were and and Scheid had a big grin on his face. And like, hey, we actually did it, like. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty good. They were like one thirty-one and seven or something. Was their all time? Is their all time record in Saint Cloud? Who knows? Maybe we'll get them back on the schedule now that they're back. But
1: right, exactly. So, um, you know, talking about those bad losses too. Um, with Omaha, their um non-conference. You know, I was looking at every team remaining in their non-conference schedule, and you know, of the four teams um that are kind of in the mix when it comes to the pairwise. Um you know, Denver has games against Lindenwood and Alaska. Um uh Saint Cloud has the home and home with uh with Minnesota. Um the Western Michigan, the Broncos, they are at the Great Lakes Invitational. Uh so they've got uh, Michigan Tech and then either Ferris or Minnesota State. But it, like I th- no, not- Michigan Tech yes oh what did i say you said minnesota state
0: but it's same conference so we we're close who's the other team in the didn't i say that or it's michigan tech uh michigan state ferris effin state and western michigan i i can't remember what you said now uh, if who who are they playing in the first game did you say they're
1: playing tech in the first game yeah, I said they're playing Tech in the first game. Okay, So,
0: they'll, they'll either play Ferris or Michigan State. Michigan, notably oh, Michigan not. Uh, yeah, Michi- Michigan is sitting out this year. They didn't even have a chance to back out of this one. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly.
1: Um, and then, yeah, Omaha uh, uh, plays St. Lawrence. So, St. Lawrence right now sitting at 41 in the pairwise, talking about bad losses. I mean, if, you know, a, a split with them or, uh, you know, a bad loss to them might really sink their chances as well. Um, you know, obviously you take care of what you can, maybe that's different, but, um, but just something to kind of keep an eye on. So, um, uh, you know, uh, we got questions, um, or was there, was there anything else around college hockey that, uh, piqued your interest? Um, did you watch any other games or, well, um, I, I, you
0: hyped up your, uh, Miramac Yukon midweek game. Uh did did you watch it? I I only caught like the very tail end of it. Did did you uh tune
1: into that game at all? Sadly, I was not able to. What? Um, I have parenting duties that night. Well, you were um, the one that was like I'm I'm
0: I'm buckling up. I'm watching I, this at, right? at puck drop and Gotta check out this Merrimack squad, but this uh,
1: Merrimack, this Yukon squad.
0: Well you got another you got an- another chance, I guess, with the midweek Merrimack. Well, that's what they're call they're we're calling them the Merrimack <laughs> Midweeks Midweek, mid-week. Warriors. Because they play this Wednesday, uh, at U uh at UMass. So you got another shot if you if you want. There but... we go. The boys yeah, in state guess, of college hockey. Did you uh, I wanna did you have a chance to watch that Denver, Arizona State, the uh the, the the
1: controversial review, <laughs> the at all. Uh, the 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 double review. Yes, I did watch that. After. Remember when that I remember surprising. when
0: I said we should get rid of reviews. Um, <laughs> here's here's uh, Exhibit A.
1: Because um, well, I didn't know, that's... I didn't
0: I didn't realize that you had the opportunity to challenge a challenge or or challenge a play that's already been reviewed. I, I didn't yeah, know that was. That part of the rule Does book it and it shouldn't be <laughs> it shouldn't be in the coach's bag to be able to do that. Um I I I'm guessing he's like trying to make a point there. If it was me, I would have called the goal I see, from my perspective, I would have called it a goal on the ice and then it would have been it was kind of inconclusive on the review and I would have just let the goal stand. The fact that they waved it off on at the time of the goal or the no goal was what they called and then reversed it, I thought was surprising. Yes. Um, but so I can see his sort of frustration powers. I'm talking about his frustration mm-hmm. with, with this call, but that doesn't mean that you can, well, I, again, I guess he had nothing to lose cause you know, two minutes left in the game and that's yeah. basically what the game was going to be. But we've already stopped the game for 10 minutes. We don't need to stop it for any much longer than that. If they would have, if they would have overturned the overturned call. That's all I was insane. waiting for. That's all I was. It would have been insane. To. And i not, not like, oh, did you see that Caprisov goal? That was so insane. No, this would have
1: been mentally unfit insane. It would have been I just thought, ridiculous. I would have, I would have liked, like, I would have thought that the conversation went with powers, re-challenging being like, well, did you look at it like this? Oh, I didn't think of that way to look at it. I'll go back and check. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's... Uh, for those of you uh, who are probably really confused and, and, and didn't watch, um, basically uh, tag game 2-2 um, that Puck kind of just bounced up in the air and at the same time, The Arizona State defender was swatting at it with his hand as uh, Levens was uh, playing it with a high stick and just kind of swung at it and ended up going to the back of the net. They called it uh, no goal on the ice saying it was played with a high stick. It was, I don't know if it was challenged or they just went to a regular review. Um, I think Denver challenged. I think it was challenged from what, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Carl. Carl uh um what he said in in the uh in the post uh, in the post game but um you know said that nope it wasn't touched with the high stick um it was batted in by basically it was batted in by the uh Arizona state state player powers then i guess re-challenged because why not um and then like you said yeah it delayed the game for another 10 minutes before they kept it my big thing was that i just I I get why they waved it on the ice because it did. It it did. It was clearly that the high stick was played. No, first and foremost, I'll say that I think pucks played with a high stick should be fine. As long as you don't hit somebody with your stick, then it's a penalty. I, I don't like, I don't like rules that limit skill. So I wish that, you know, that's a skill I think that you have. So I think these goals should count anyway, but, Needless to say, that's not in the rule book now. And also, crossbar—such a stupid, arbitrary like level. So I'm it's not like, even sure
0: if it was clear or if it was over the crossbar. Maybe it was. I I forget that if it that was, was even part of the issue. If if the if if I don't think it was conclusive whether or not the stick touched the puck. I thought that's it, my look like. Yep. The the defenseman's paw is what sort of knocked it in, and you can make the claim that maybe the stick propelled the glove to launch the puck into this with the speed that it did i still don't like i said i would have called it a goal on the ice and then let it stand but um
1: see i would have called I, I would have called it no goal and i would have looked at that and said i don't have distinct evidence because everything just kind of blended together I, yeah that's like i guess that's great the resolution yeah, you um, don't
0: have you don't have a conclusive view from yeah. what we saw and i don't know what else they're looking at i mean this is college hockey it's not like we got 17 different angles here. I'm Uh sure they're, they're looking at what, whatever the Denver feed had. And so I don't know how you come out with that conclusion based on those replays, but. And then, and then, so,
1: so to allow that goal, um, with that, not being conclusive about the hitting the puck with the high stick, but then, Allowing the goal in the Mid- or in the Saint Cloud game that Constantini scored—that was clearly a high stick beforehand that wasn't called. I, I I thought there was just again it's the consistency that I kind of have issues with. Um, that, but you know, obviously it ended up in Saint Cloud's favor for the Constantini goal, but it—I don't know—just it was a weird play that, I, you know, it just further solidifies that. I just have to shrug my shoulders every time we go to a review because I have no idea. Yeah. I think no idea what these refs are looking at.
0: Pretty big difference, though. I mean, the, the play in the St. Cloud game was, again, not the scoring play. That was the defenseman at his own blue line picking the puck up. This was a material effect of how the goal was scored. So I think there's a bit of a difference between those two plays. I don't think they are really apples and, and, and apples.
1: But I think that's just so much open to interpretation, and that's where I get confused. I just wish it was more black and white. You either allow it or you don't, and and that's where this. Oh well, we missed it, but it was far enough away. Okay, well, what's the timeline of far enough away? I mean, is it two zones away? That's fine, but if it's, I mean, if it's that, and then a quick outlet pass because our guy wasn't able to, you know, make a play on it because um, you did hit it with a high stick, but. I don't know. So like it, it, it's that arbitrary, you know, kind of shrug of the shoulders again, that I have a, yeah. a little bit of an issue. I yeah. get rid of all reviews. That's my, that is get rid my, of all uh, reviews and let you play the puck with a yeah. high stick. <laughs> again, make a, make a call, skill.
0: make a call with conviction and stick with right. it. You're going to have some bad calls, uh, in, in it and you're going to get angry, but it's, it's kind of nice to be angry sometimes. It's good. It gets the blood going, but, uh, and, and you'll get, and so you'll get some
1: thing. calls that go your way too. So it'll, yeah. it'll even out. You're, you're a referee. You're going to get yelled at no matter what. So you might as well just be firm in your, in your conviction. That's right.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did have a couple of other just bullet points, um, just to, to tell about the volatility of, of early season pairwise and just also bad losses too. Harvard, who last well, they only got their first loss of the year, uh the Thanksgiving weekend. Then beat Cornell this last weekend, but then lost to Colgate the following day. Colgate not very good like the rest of the, like most of the ECAC. You know, they were undefeated and in the top 10 of pairwise. Now they're 15. And technically, they'd be outside of the pairwise gate because both the Atlantic Hockey and CCHA do not have a team in the top 15. So they'd both be taking their tournament team.
1: Which, you know, maybe we are burying the lead when it comes to... You know, I was going to get
0: that was going to get to that. Probably so, the biggest so, I would say the biggest yeah. uh, upset of the weekend is Ferris Evan State you know, yeah. going into Mankato two regulation wins for them. A clean six point sweep. First sweep that Mankato, uh, you know, two losses at home and a weekend since 2012. Going back to the old WCH 80s, a, a Wisconsin series for them. So didn't realize it had been that long of a uh, of a streak of not getting yeah. swept at home for Mankato. I mean, that um,
1: was be- that was back when Wisconsin was decent. That's how I'm far back sure was- we're going.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that would have been the twelve thirteen season or the eleven twelve season. Not sure. I think the thirteen. I think that was when they won the uh, final five, the last one. Um, yeah. So if it was that year, they would have made the tournament. But uh, I don't think they did the year before. There was some kind of. I mean, that would have Well They,
1: they also won the first year of the Big Ten, right? That's right. That's right. So uh, yeah, yeah. So they would have been. Yeah, in, in they, they at least would have been better than they are fans. now. Yeah,
0: it would have been better than they are now. The but still, for Mankato's perspective, I mean, it. I I don't like it because those those Mankato wins that Saint Cloud got earlier in the year don't look as hot. I was very confident that they were yeah. just going to kind of cut through the CCHA like butter this year and they still might win that league. It's, it's not a great league. Like I said, no one uh, in an in at-large position in the pairwise uh, at this point in the season. And teams like Michigan Tech are, are decent and Bowling Green's okay. And Northern Michigan's got some players, but seems like definitely a disappointing season this year. I'm sure people expected them to take a step back because of what they lost last year. But, uh, Definitely did not expect you know getting swept at home to to Ferris State. Not a quality results. So I would say that would be the biggest shocker of the weekend for me was 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 those results. But those are the only other sort of bullet points I had on on this weekend. If unless you had anything else,
1: no. But I'm just kind of looking at um, yeah CCHA standings um, again a little bit uneven since some have twelve, some only have eight games played. Uh but yeah, bowling green right now sits the top of the league. Uh Michigan Tech, though, has is, is right behind with twenty-two points. Um they have four overtime losses. Um, one to Minnesota State, one to Lake Superior, one to Bemidji State. Okay, so only three overtime losses. Um, but otherwise I think they would be kind of running away with um an early. Uh, CCHA leads, so that might be some kind of to look at, and um, where they might be hosting. You know, the if things continue the way they're going, Houghton hosting a the a CCHA championship game is uh, definitely a fun atmosphere to to watch on TV. So.
0: Yeah, that's right. They play all all campus sites for their for their tournaments. So. So, yeah, I, I think I'll be able to watch them in person coming up because they're playing at the uh, Arizona State as a tournament um, that weekend that the Huskies oh. play the Gophers. Um, Tech plays Arizona State, and then Boston University and Air Force are the other teams. I think I'm going to catch the Friday action, the the night that St. Cloud does not play um, that uh, that weekend. So I'll have a first-person uh, scouting
1: report on Michigan Tech uh, soon. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds good. Um, we have quite a few questions. Uh, but first, uh, you know, I think uh we got to give a shout out here to the women's team. Um, yeah, for you know a a big sweep um against uh Saint Thomas, but sitting there fourteenth um in in the uh US show poll, uh first time that they've been ranked since oh9 Um, and Adolsky really just you know, with, with essentially the same team. I mean, not too much has changed. And being able to turn everything around like he has, it's been obviously a huge welcome sight. Um, so hard, you know, for the for any other team really to kind of gain some traction in this area because, you know, we have to widen the base of women's hockey, um, uh, you know, at the high school level so we can widen the summit so then everything kind of gets better all around. And um, you know, some of the elite players, um, you know, they do just kinda end up going to the to the Minnesotas or the Wisconsins and kind of the same type of teams. So, um, you know, getting solid players and coaching them up to um, you know, having more solid players and and Adolski I think has done just an excellent job. Um, you know, I've only been um I haven't really been able to make it out to a game, but it's kind of on my list to go um to a game coming up uh we're gonna have kind of a friends outing where we're all gonna go so um but it's um it it i I am so excited for this uh for this team to kind of turn a corner and and i feel like it's finally happening uh i i thought it was happening back when i was the beat writer in the uh 0708 c (laughs) um season I was the beat writer for the Saint Cloud State uh, Chronicle uh the 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 student new, the campus newspaper. So um you know I've got I've got a fondness there uh, obviously for uh women's hockey in general. It's it's it, it's a fun game to watch um overall and um I I'm, I'm really excited to see this team kind of take some
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh you know I mentioned before the the show kind of in the green room. It's you know they have the the, golfer, the win over the Gophers, but not a ton of head-turning wins other than that. you know, Beating teams like St. Thomas and Lindenwood and R- R- RPI, uh, Bemidji. But the difference is, like in years past, St. Cloud wasn't able to beat those teams either. So being able to take care of business is at least one of the steps you need to do before you beat the Wisconsin's and the Gophers and the Duluths of the world and Ohio State's of the world. And so definitely on the right track, but, you know, get the Gophers this weekend. Played them, obviously beat them in that last uh, neutral site game down in Andover and played them really well down there the last time they played back in, I think, October. It wasn't too long ago. Um, so, I mean, they've shown that they can play play with this team. So opportunity for a head-turning result this weekend if they can pull that together. And uh, Yeah, it's, like I said, in the first year here, did not expect – yeah. Even this amount of success already. Now just kind of extrapolate what can happen once he gets his recruiting class fully formed and year two, year three, year four, and, and beyond. i I finally seeing some hope here with this program, and it's, it is great to see. I will say thir- 14th in the uh, Astro poll it gives a little too much credence to the Astro poll as, uh, is one of our mottos here. So I'm just going to stick with 13th and pairwise. Oh, I'm go. gonna. We even move up a. little. But
1: and that's they're actually they're actually the under they're underselling us in the U.S. Yeah. poll. That's right. Yeah, and that, yep. and that's officially with uh, 11 teams making the tournament there. That's 11 teams uh, in the tournament.
0: Bu- bubble. And as mentioned again earlier, before the show with him, I'm not. I'm trying to find out if this. They have five conferences right now in, in the women's side, and four of them, at least up until through last year, four of them got auto bids. They have this northeastern league, the N-E-W-H-A that just started a few years ago. It's basically a bunch of D2 teams um, that are playing up and they really want to get an auto bid to the tournament, but I was doing some frantic Googling last night and I could not find if they were, if they have been granted that auto bid. If they have not, they would still be the four uh, tournament or conference um, auto bids plus seven at large teams. So basically you want to get in that that seven at large you want to basically be seven and up in pairwise to really be confident and you know top 10 at least because you're gonna have some auto bids likely from the top 10 um so yeah we're 13 right now and certainly can still make a make a move up you have that opportunity playing in the WCHA you, you're gonna be playing in teams like Minnesota again you're gonna be playing Wisconsin again you will be playing Iowa State again um so you have the opportunity to uh to do that, to, to make some moves here. And yeah, to say it's not out of the possibility for St. Cloud to make a NCAA tournament, pretty, pretty uh, amazing accomplishment so far, but just keep it up. I mean, like said, it's, I've always wanted a reason to like have this be appointment watching to put this on mm-hmm. my, on my slate. It's getting close. Like I said, I tuned into that Gopher the, 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 the hall of fame game that it was and, Watch a couple of the games earlier in the year when I still had that Big Ten Plus access. So, yeah, uh, exciting, uh, exciting stuff, and I just again hoping to see that this continues,
1: that this isn't the ceiling. Let's say, yeah. Um, and I'll you know so right now their record eleven and eight, uh, but when they started the season, they went through just the yeah. nasty and the, gaunt- the gauntlet started yep. at Ohio state home against Wisconsin and then home against Minnesota. I mean, that's, or a home and home against Minnesota after that. So, I mean, that's six of the just power, amazing powerhouses of college of women's college hockey right there. So it's, um, but, but watching those games, you could tell it was a little bit different. Now, obviously it was rough against Ohio state. Um, you know, just getting used to the new coach a combination of Ohio State being the defending champions, so it's you know, you kind of expected that. But even that, I mean, five to two, six to two. I mean, previous years that's eleven to one, and that's you know seven nothing. Um, and then uh, against Wisconsin after a five nothing loss, you know, come back in overtime, um, and unfortunately lose three to two. That was a game playing, they should have won too. They had, a, yeah, they had a late lead in that game. They had a late lead in there. Um, and then, uh, against Minnesota, two very hard fought losses. Um, and then since then they were, they've been on a nine and two stretch, um, including a four to one victory against Minnesota in that hall of fame game. Um, and then, uh, uh, those two losses are to Minnesota Duluth, um, who's uh, a solid team, but one of those losses to nothing. So it's, it, it it's, it's exciting to see everything kind of turn, um, for the women's team and, and really excited to see uh, how things are going to kind of shape up. So um, we'll be, we'll be uh, having a close eye on it. And, you know, my plan is out to get out to a couple games here in, in, uh, in January, maybe see the Ohio state or. Bemidji. Yeah. State series. That's what I would
0: say. I'd, I'd, I'd rather go to Ohio state just to watch, you know, defending champs and number one in rise right now. I That would be the games I would, unless you wanted to have a, you know, Bemidji state. Probably a better chance that they would that you might see a win there, but if it was me, I'd probably I'd rather check out the uh, the Buckeyes.
1: Hmm. Uh, questions. So let's uh, go ahead. We got a, a fair amount of questions. Everyone's uh everyone's hyped. I think for the it's uh... good to,
0: good to see a, a, an engaged uh, listenership. It's oh, always okay. good.
1: So, um, friend of the. Friend of the show, Dan Jacobson. Uh, uh, question, uh, have you booked your flights for Tampa yet? Um, no, uh, because I know the history of St. Cloud and NCAA tournaments. So that still makes me nervous. Especially yeah, if you have to go up to Fargo and play in the regional there, um, considering the PTSD from last time. But be
0: decent chance that North Dakota ain't going to be there either, <laughs> That's also so. I'm going to say I haven't booked my flight yet. Um, you know, St. Cloud's going down to Florida this weekend anyway, so it's like we're getting our Florida, our Florida trip out of the way earlier this year. We'll come back. We're, we're, we're planning or hoping on coming back in the spring, yeah,
1: that's but
0: true. we just take one Florida trip at a time here. So, <laughs> um, uh,
1: Will, when is the right time to get into brewing beer, golf, or any other, quote, old person activity? Um, and I think if you have to ask that question, yeah, it's time, buddy. Um, start getting yeah. your Mister Brew kit out. Um, and well, I think we can yeah.
0: both we can both um answer this because you're the golfer, yeah. And I I brewed the beer. I went through that like year long little. I I think I made like three batches. That was when we, that was in the first iteration of the podcast, like 2016 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So. So we got them both covered on this one as you can tell, I didn't really it didn't really stick with me like I moved and I just i did I had a bunch of the brewing equipment i It's too bad like I could have just fobbed off all my brewing equipment on you because I had yeah, no yeah. use for it anymore, but uh it doesn't take that much, maybe a hundred bucks to kind of get all set up with the with the uh, gear that you need and yeah, it can be fun uh, tinkering with recipes and adding some stuff here and there yeah can can be kind of fun. I kind of just, it, it depends. I was like, I'd rather just go and buy the one at the store, um, (laughs) rather than waiting two months or however long it was to have mine ferment. I'll just buy the $10 six pack. He,
1: he did say any other old person activity. Um, so what, what would you put in the old person activity, the extras? Um, you know, my thought pickleball, um, (laughs) but also pickleball is, uh, Pretty intense. So like And uh, for for you're you're
0: reminding me too our for our old timers out there, check out Grampade. Uh, one of our oh, one that, of our sponsors. One here. of our sponsors, uh, Grant paid. Yeah. It's specifically it's a, designed, specifically engineered for uh, for seniors. So mm-hmm. um and but at Young at Heart, they have a junior version as well. So um keep that keep Grant paid in mind. Uh yeah, there was pickleball. Um and there is crosswords, I'll say that. That tends oh, to be on the older person spectrum.
1: every my my wife every once in a while gets uh she hasn't got into it yet, thankfully. Uh but uh, she'll kinda scroll through on TikTok and she'll find rock tumblers and uh kind of looking at some of the I don't know, agates, I think, whatever. There you go. <laughs> so so I don't know if rock tumbling is in your future as well, but I think maybe that's mm-hmm. something that you can kind of consider an old person activity. I had another one off the top of my head. Now I can't remember what it was. Maybe it'll come back to me. Oh, smoking meats. Get yourself a green egg. And, uh, you I mean, know, you're, start- you're mentioning all of my former
0: hobbies. Cause <laughs> I, I, that was like, that was like the year before the beer thing I did. Oh, I, yeah? had like a, I had a smoker. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another fun one too. But another again, long, arduous. I'd rather just go to the restaurant. Um, but it, it's no, I, I would prefer that. I, I'll be much closer. The. I'm, I'll, I'll be smoking some meat before I brew another batch of beer. I'll put it that way. Okay. That's a good. I don't see that being typically an old. I mean, what, what are we considering old here? I don't know. well, how old are you? When I, I, think I think old. I think like sixty, like grandpa. Grand demographic.
1: Paid. Okay, Bernard um, Longer. This uh, like, smog, like
0: smoking meat seems more like forty plus. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I was thirty when I did that. So it's all about being young at heart.
1: It's yeah, it's I'll, not. I'll it's, age is
0: just a number oh, there you go
1: so um uh Brian asks why uh, why did the huskies drop one spot after sweeping uh, the fighting Hawks um I suppose uh, kind of talking about the yes show poll uh last week we were three we dropped to four um I kind of win it a little bit on Twitter so if you want to go back uh, @moreclappers at more clappers and kind of look moar clappers. Uh, to kind of look at my thought process, but basically, you know, when I looked at it, the the actual points between uh s- the uh, St. Cloud and Minnesota were so incredibly close. Um, you know, eight ninety one to eight eighty eight uh last week, and then this week here, it's uh the, they Minnesota's got the edge by one point. Uh, eight ninety one uh to eight ninety, so really, um. The, the big thing that actually kind of surprised me is the fact that we went from 10 first place votes down to three. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm i not a very big proponent of uh, putting somebody down in the rankings after a sweep. So to have, uh, you know, seven people kind of change their mind after sweeping North Dakota and say, nope, I don't think they're the best. And it's like, okay, well, what, What more could we have done to kind of keep your vote? I don't know.
0: People must be big on Michigan State and thinking that the Gophers beating, sweeping Michigan State is more impressive than St. Cloud sweeping North Dakota. I don't know. The Gophers couldn't even sweep North Dakota, though, either this year. They had to go to overtime. They went to two overtimes. They they
1: went to two overtimes, yeah.
0: Against a bad North Dakota team. Um, So... I don't know. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the Astro Astro
1: poll. It doesn't matter.
0: Next, next question.
1: (laughs) But the first place votes for Denver went from 17 to 29. So batting it in or having your opponent bat in a puck is definitely worth the 12 extra people to change. Or yeah, maybe that's the
0: thing. It's Arizona state is, you know, Denver jump, getting that many more first place votes after sweeping them. And then Minnesota, Making their loss to them not look as bad. I don't know. I'm again yeah. to to psychologize the us show poll. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, probably not
0: the best. We we yeah. Anyone that does that belongs in that porta potty that I'm shoving the uh, Omaha
1: announcer in. So the so one. The so what was it? Well, one three one four check. One one three. Oh one I'm sorry yes uh, one one, <laughs> one, one, three, one actually kind of makes sense one 113 one, <laughs> I mean um um next question robert poser uh goalie rotation uh do we pick one uh or just keep this going um if you pick one and uh before the conference playoffs before the nchc or the uh, ncaa playoffs like Basically, how long do we keep this rotation going?
0: This has been like our weekly question this year, right? Um, which isn't surprising. I still think that it keeps working. <laughs> do you see it happening in the NCAA tournament, though? I, yes. I just don't. I don't.
1: Yes, I don't see it. I think it. we should. I, okay, who, I who's, think your, who's your better goalie fast. right now? Who would you want? You wouldn't want Juan ba- fast. Fast. Why wouldn't you start him in the in the in the front in the Saturday or in the second game of the series? I would. I would also start him in the first. Start game. him in the first. You're you're upsetting the apple cart now. Nope. I, don't I, know. I, I, I I I run it. I run it until somebody falters. Yeah. I mean,
0: I said I would have done it after the Western Series. I would have given Bassey both the games in CC.
1: Um, but Castro's played really well the last two weeks, so. And like I said, that, that Friday game, when, or obviously the Friday game, that's the game he played. But um, when North Dakota was really cycling and really pushed, I mean, he made some really key saves. Um, Caster, so. I would say
0: Caster probably played better this weekend, actually. yeah, Like I said, Bassey had a couple. I thought the first goal was not great, uh, and the second goal was, was a bit of a rebound opportunity. I thought it was a little juicy too. He still played fine, but uh, I would have given Caster the edge uh, this weekend. So I would have given Bassey the edge in CC. It's mm-hmm. they've, they've, you know, I thought Caster wasn't great against Western, but other than that, I think he's been a real solid the rest of all the other series. And I'm not sure if Bassi's had a, you know, this might have been his worst weekend. I'm, 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 I'm struggling to think of another uh, of a worse weekend than this weekend. That's to say that there hasn't been really any bad weekend. So, yeah, I at this point throwing my hands in the air and say just keep running it. But I just, uh, from my betting perspective, if I was to bet on it, I would say so, uh, by the end of the year, someone's going to take the reins. Because I just don't see playing playoff games just with switching goalies to this extent, like a planned platoon. I, I don't remember that ever happening. I'm sure it has sometime in the history of hockey, but I just can't. I can't remember any, and
1: but maybe maybe that's the reason to do it. It's never been done. Yeah, this is maybe new school. Maybe we're revolutionizing the game right here. It's I mean, possible. It's possible. We're, we're we're switching from you, you know, know and a guy and, to you know, a one point five one goals against or a two point oh one goals against. Like, and, and and credit to both the goalies for buying into this system.
0: You know, I, I think that's not a natural. Thing for goalies to want to do, you know. This is Bassey coming in from CC, where he may have heard, you know, seen the writing on the wall. He didn't want to maybe be in a tandem situation with Embarico coming in with some hype in CC, but being able to accept this, as far as hey, I'm just going to get the one game per weekend. That's fine with me. I'm going to focus on that one game. Jackson's going to do his thing on Friday. I'm going to do my thing on Saturday. Vice versa. Um, they have to both sort of be fine with that. And that's not, that's not like it, it's easier said than done. I think, I think a lot of goalies would say, screw that. I, I want to be the goal, the starter both nights or, or nothing. So I think credit to them for keeping the focus on this sort of unusual situation, but they're making the most of it. And yeah, as, as you're saying, like until it really breaks here, why, why, why screw with it? So, yeah.
1: um. <laughs> My buddy Eric Zamora uh, asked what he should be when he grows up. Um, I think he should be the director of operations for the St. Cloud Norseman. So uh, there we go. I, th- I think you reached your peak there, Zamora. I say that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> He's <laughs> where that he needs all, to be. I say that with all the love. There, there's another guy actually we could probably have on the show. So yeah, all of a sudden we're we're gonna get guests and we're gonna. Uh, I'm all for it. Let's do it. I don't know if I'm all for it. that. Seems like a lot of work. Does <laughs> <seem> <laughs> like, I kind of like work. just having you coming on and just. And Jeffrey Wood uh, had a, kind of a good question. He linked uh, Schlosserman's article um, in regard to college hockey being altered by the transfer portal and um, kind of his theory on why college hockey has been chaotic this season. Um, basically, the uh, transfer portal in combination with the extra year of COVID eligibility um, for a lot of people, basically there's less holes to fill for teams. So that has been raising the tide for a lot of teams. So it's not necessarily that, you know, there's a lot more teams that are better versus only a couple teams that are stand out and kind of taking the reins for everything uh, throughout the whole season. Kind of wanted my take or our take on that. So um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to read that um, article? Or kind of what were your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I did read it. Um, I, I I thought it was a good article. I, I I pretty much agree with with the premise that it's not so much that you build a team from the transfer portal, but that you're able to patch some holes in a way that a rebuild you can shorten the the gap of a rebuild. Um, you know, he made the uh, he used the example of that O one, O two North Dakota team, which would have been the last time that St. Cloud swept them at, at home. That and I believe, as we mentioned last week, that was the last time they had a losing record, uh, North Dakota in a season. And that was a year after they made the national title game. But they lost that was the uh that, that Panzer line, right? Line of fire. Mm-hmm. So they would have lost all those guys and it was a freshman heavy team. Would that have been Parisi? Or maybe he came in the next year? Um, but anyway, they had just a ton of freshmen and that freshman group ended up going to a national title game in their senior year. Um, so, I mean, it was definitely a talented group, but just, they had such a freshman heavy roster that, you know, it just, they were too young and, and couldn't adjust to the, to the, to the league right away. Well, those sort of situations you can. You can alleviate that to an extent now where instead of relying so heavily on a, on a younger group or an unproven group, you can bring in a, a veteran, someone who's been around for a couple of years, you can bring him in as a transfer. It's just, it's become, like we've seen, like it's a perfect example here of how the transfer portal is no sure solution, though. You have the perfect balance between St. Cloud this year and North Dakota this year. using Both used the transfer portal um, in a couple of key spots. You can even go back to last year, which I think is a l- much of the same story for North Dakota, getting Zach Driscoll last year, goaltender, with some hype coming in from Bemidji State, uh, and then this year bringing in DeRitter, had some decent years playing for a bad Michigan State team, both of those goalies, I think Driscoll obviously did it. Did turn it around at the end of the year and they ended up making the tournament. But both, I thought, underwhelmed. Um, and, you know, they brought in that Calder uh, last year from Lake State. Now he moved on to Penn State and, and playing pretty well for them. I thought that was a decent pickup for them. But then this Farmer, I think, was their only other main transfer guy, a defenseman from UMass. And I think he was the guy that gave up that that turnover that led to the is that the fourth goal on Friday? Uh, one of the goals on Friday. Remember, no, it was the fifth. It was the uh, Mietna goal. Um, and so, and this this North Dakota back end not not stepping up uh, very well. So kind of swung and missed this year twice with DeRitter and Farmer. I think at least the early returns again. There is half a season left, so they could they could turn things around. Whereas on the other side, you got St. Cloud bringing in hitting home runs on all three of their guys: Bassey, Crookshank, and Anhorn. Who, if you're gonna write out fill out like an MVP ballot for this team in the first half, all three of those guys would be in the top five or six. Uh, and you know, I, would, I mean they might
1: they might be in the top three
0: right Crookshane, well I'm saying ba- it'd be tough for Bassey because he doesn't play every game as we're just saying but um Crookshane might get player of the year you know conference player of the year votes at this point Anhorn would probably get defenseman of the year votes um I don't think anyone expected I think we I think we were optimistic that they could play you know that they that they would be effective I don't think anyone had any of those players playing to the extent that they have now and you you see what they were able to replace you're, you're replacing Renak five year starter in net you're replacing Perbix and you're replacing Fitzgerald essentially your top scorer your top defenseman and your five year starting yeah. goaltender and you're able to plug those guys up with these three guys that's not going to be the case every year you're not going to hit these kind of home runs every single year but that is I think the main reason that St. Cloud is where they are is that they yep. they played the transfer portal to a T this year. And as I said in the past like I I've had misgivings but about also, the, the
1: the portal um you know one thing I also want to kind of point out is that yeah transfer portal I mean that's still you not only have to like you have to pick the right players but they also have to agree they also right. have to buy in and that's right that's a recruiting process for you like you so you have to really sell on that so yeah. i mean not only did we hit out the park with those three but also credit to brett larson and shyak and like all you know anga who else is you know it's going to be the whole you know kitten caboodle who's going to be the you know really selling these players on this is why you should come here. This is, you know, we, we have the bet, you know, an opportunity for you. We think you're, you're, you're the, um, you're the, uh, the right, the right fit that we need. And for them to also back it up and say that, Oh, I, I was the missing piece on this team. Cause all three of them definitely were.
0: Yeah. And I, I was just saying, I've had some misgivings with the idea of the portal, like a, at first, I, I didn't really like the idea of, you know, a guy like Crookshane playing three different teams. But I've, I've come to peace with it. It's like, why, I mean, if you're a college student, just not an athlete, like, there's nothing stopping you from transferring to a different school with a better program that you're into. And I like the idea of having, giving these adults, they're young adults, we always call them kids, but they are young adults. They should have the opportunity to, to play and study and and uh train as being a professional, whatever field they are at, at whatever school fits them the best. So um it's going to be a thing. It's not going away. So you, you, I think you have to accept it one way or the other. This is going to be how things are going to go from now on. And just also accept the fact that the results aren't going to be consistent from a team's perspective year in and year out. Like this year, it was great for St. Cloud, like in years past, I mean, prior to this year what we had Seamus Donahue which i think was a pretty volatile player like a lots of lows some highs and lots of lows
1: yeah.
0: you got like Spellacy who's you know not a big point producer and you know scratched a lot of the time at least last year so i wouldn't call those home runs oh, who would you, uh, who uh, Cockrell, um in, in the uh, 2020 21 mm-hmm. season brought him in and i thought he was a decent role player but not, yeah. not an impact player to the extent that Crookshank or any of these three guys that we mentioned have been this year. So again, prior to this year, the the transfer portal was maybe neutral at best of an effect for St. Cloud. But this year but really, that's where, like really knocked Denver, it out of the park.
1: like. Right. It, it was a huge get for Denver. Um when when they had uh you know Cameron, Cameron Wright their, Yeah, Cameron yeah, they had so many different prolific people. Um, on that team, and and maybe will be this year's Denver, which I will definitely take. And it could be. I mean, imagine if North Dakota, if this Thai farmer, it, it, let's
0: imagine if he was putting up Anhorn type production, and if DeRitter was performing like Castor, let's say, North Dakota would be in the top half of the conference, and we wouldn't mm-hmm. be saying how crappy they are. It's just that's I think it's it's become sort of an X factor that can go swing either way. And I think that's interesting. I think that that kind of makes things fun. It's an interesting added wrinkle to to college hockey. That I and, and I think a lot of people when it's first started, I think the con, or maybe the conventional wisdom was that this is just going to benefit the the good old boys, the the traditional powers, at the expense of the smaller schools. That I don't. I, that I think we have enough evidence to say that that's uh-huh. false. I think there's an there's I think it's a reciprocal. I think there's as much benefit to a smaller school who's able to pick up guys who are being shelved. Look at Crookshank buried on the, on the golfer's uh, depth chart, but now he's got, you know, top line or top six minutes at least. And he's performing, like I said, like an MVP. Um, And so smaller schools or the non-traditional powers, let's say have the opportunity to, to give guys playing time that the bigger schools are burying. And conversely, you know, the bigger schools do have always have sort of a recruiting advantage in any sense of recruiting. And as you're saying, this is a recruiting – this is basically recruiting. It's just it, you're not mm-hmm. recruiting players coming into college. You're recruiting them to go from one college to the other. And so the bigger schools definitely have advantages, and what they're selling to those players is always going to be attractive to to certain players too. So I do think that it swings both ways. There's certainly not like – this is – expanding the gap between rich and poor here in college hockey. I think it's actually shrinking that gap, if anything, if you play it right. And like I said, it's not going to work out so aces as it did this year for St. Cloud, but God, I mean, don't we have another year of Anhorn? I know this is the only year that, that we got Crookshank for, but I know we have another year of Bassey. I think Anhorn's uh, still eligible for another year too. So this isn't just a one year's thing too for for all these players. Obviously Crookshank it is, but you know, you still have some multiple years with some of these guys and yeah, try to make the most of it. And I, I'm definitely more uh, uh comfortable with with this uh the transfer portal, how it is. I, I very much more comfortable now to see how well you can play it as St. Cloud did this past offseason.
1: Uh last question from Golaski's woo. Um he wants us to kinda to, answer how correct is this take? UND is like Denver, parentheses one good line, but without the defense and the goaltending capabilities. Yeah, I think Denver's got more than just one line, but uh,
0: I would agree with the rest of it, I think. Um, yeah, just, yeah, just no defense. I mean, Denver's like fourth or fifth defense. Cause they, yeah, that Barons Benning, who's the other? Abuyum, um, all the bees all those guys are way better than anyone North Dakota has North I was wondering if Dakota had some like injury issues I think they have one guy Frisch I think was injured from the, from their point
1: Frisch was um, the main one yeah
0: but not like he's a stud you can tell that they really uh they really miss Sanderson uh yeah. who who wouldn't i guess i mean he's already become like a a star, a stud in the NHL himself. I mean, anyone would miss a player like that, but...
1: And I also think Denver with Kyle Mayhew was the one that really struck out. Yeah, that's right. Out, yeah, I would say like... Really the, stuck out to me when when we played Denver. Yeah, so like
0: Denver's like sixth defenseman would be Dakota's top defenseman, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and, and I know you're, you're low on Krona, but he'd be... He's a little better than... Uh, yes. Helston or or de Ritter at this point, I'd say. So Yeah, I I would I, I, don't, accept, I, I don't I don't think, think
1: there's I don't think there's a lot who isn't better than Helston and De Ritter.
0: Like, go by the they, stats, uh I don't yeah, I don't think anyone would disagree with you. They're yeah, and they're like bottom five in goals against in the country. Like they're at like brown Yale type numbers levels. Uh not good. Uh uh, and, yeah, with that end of the uh, of of the uh, action.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at uh, Drew Deritter is the twelfth worst goaltender in goals against, and f- oh wow, save percentage. Helston and Deritter are. Th- third and fourth worst <laughs> in college hockey for save percentage. The only was... worse is uh, John Day from Stonehill, who has one game uh, and gave up seven goals. Um, and Joey Lambaru <laughs> at Alaska Anchorage, uh, who has played four games and has an 820 uh, or 826 uh, save percentage. But yeah, then Jacob Helston at eight fifty nine and Drew Dritter at eight, and both 84. not just with not both with uh, token work there. They both have nine
0: ten games played uh, yeah. between them, so not just a small sample size with those goalies. Oh, I'm glad gosh. that we. I'm first of all, I'm glad that we got our first Stonehill player uh, <laughs> name dropped on this show. Yeah, I'm psyched. I'm psyched about that. Um.
1: No, sixth worst in save percentage, Cameron Rowe, Western Michigan. Yeah,
0: well, he had a bad <laughs> weekend uh, in, in Omaha this weekend. Seventh yeah, worst,
1: Zach, St- Zach Stasekel from Minnesota Duluth. Only it seven games played. Like, but...
0: Looks like that Tyson who they brought in from Maine has become basically their starter, uh, and he's played pretty well, actually. He has not been the problem uh, of late, uh, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that development. uh Development either, but
1: so in case you're wondering, Dominic Bassi is uh, number one in the country for a save percentage at uh, 940. Is pretty pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm not as high on Corona um as as a lot of people are. I think he's an average goaltender. Um, but yeah, definitely better than anybody that uh, uh, North Dakota has. The I, I do agree that Denver has more than one good line. I don't think they have two though. I, th- I think maybe they've got like one line and maybe two solid players. I, I don't think they're that deep. I think you could easily shut them down. Um, So that's, that's why I don't really pick them to go incredibly far in the tournament because I think there will be a team that does shut them down. So, but um. Yeah, it's that that. Yeah, I I just don't see a lot of hope for the season with that North Dakota team.
0: Yeah, just to call Denver a one line team though, like North Dakota is a one line team. Like who else yeah. other than that top line? I mean, again, I mentioned Ness and Constantini scoring, and I think those were just bad defensive plays from St. Cloud. But their only sort of one dynamic line was that that Blake James and, and Gaber uh, line and really nothing else to, to sneeze at other than that. So yeah, we can, we can debate here and there about Denver and, and all that, but let's just, let's, let's stick to the task of, of bashing North Dakota as we have for (laughs) over two hours now. Uh, Oh geez. It was a two hour mark. This we're getting into record territory
1: here. But oh, knowing geez, yeah. knowing
0: knowing our listeners, they've
1: enjoyed every second of it. So <laughs> I know I've enjoyed talking about it. So um I mean, I guess, uh with that, then uh that about does her. So about does her. Um I suppose, you know, two two plus hours, uh we'll we'll uh we'll hopefully a we
0: we uh, took care of both uh, commutes for you. We sp- <laughs> yeah. split this into two, two and two rush us. hours. So, That's right. yep,
1: e- exactly. So, um, uh, you can reach me uh, at More Clappers M O A R Clappers on Twitter, and Andrew, uh, you can reach uh, email us. You can send us an email: it's Huskies
0: Hockey Podcast, Huskies Hockey Podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email
1: perfect sounds good and also leave us a review we'll give you a shout out in the podcast also if you leave a review five stars only um less than five stars i will cry and i don't want that to happen so and uh until next don't time ma- don't make wally cry don't make wally cry that's hashtag don't make wally cry uh <laughs> until next time go huskies Woo! Woo!